Hello and welcome to another episode of Archive Panic. I'm your host, Ben Niven. And I'm Jacob Russo. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Today we're going to be taking another step further into John Carpenter's filmography with... We've entered the, the dreaded 90s era. With memoirs of an invisible man. Now, now let's it, be fair here. It doesn't feel fair to call this a Carpenter movie. No, it doesn't have the, it doesn't have the, uh, the standard uh, John Carpenter font in the intro, if you, if you notice. No, um, no, it doesn't have a lot of the DNA that John Carpenter films tend to have, no. and there is a very good reason for that. He was strictly a director for hire in this movie. This, uh, I, I heard an interview, or I read an interview with him, where he said the main reason he did this was because uh, he hadn't directed a movie since Prince of Darkness, and that was, what, 87? Uh, I want to say. Um, no, it wouldn't have been, would it have been Prince of Darkness prior to this? Yeah. There's one more after Prince of Darkness. Oh, they live. Mm. Yeah. See. All right. All right. Whatever. Well, I hadn't done a movie since They Live, nineteen eighty-eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly because uh, I I believe he was involved. wrapped up in kind of a lawsuit. Yeah, with, with, the, with yeah. Avco Embassy, the folk that released uh, The Fog and Escape from New York. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't want to get too much into it because I don't know a lot about it. I think it was something to do with uh, he didn't get paid the amount of money that he was promised. Yeah. Um, so this was strictly a sort of I need to get my name back out there yeah so he was wrapped up in that for quite a while like this came out what 93 92 92 uh, yes 92 92 yeah so we're talking about five years maybe since his last movie four four ah Hmm. fucking close enough yeah four years and uh, (laughs) this has I will say this has some good ideas in it. It has the makings of a good movie. You could make a good movie out of this. Oh yeah, the and some of the special effects are shit hot. Yeah. Like there's there's one shot much later on in the film, especially when the titular Invisible Man is having a smoke. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And you can see like it go down his esophagus. You can see the mm. smoke go like down his esophagus through the tra- through the trachea into the lungs and fill in his lungs and then when he breathes it back out you see it go back up through that system again yeah. it's really fucking cool yeah I mean this has ingredients of a good movie Sam Neill's fucking class in this movie oh fuck yeah he has he I really mean, is it's really difficult to find a bad Sam Neill performance um, can't really think of one <laughs> Jurassic <laughs> Park 3 <laughs> he was doing okay nah he was doing alright uh, I just uh, Anything I think of that movie, I just remember the dream sequence where um, the, the dinosaur fucking talks to him. Stephen, <laughs> the... It doesn't even growl at my nothing, it fully just says, Alan. Alan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking great. Fucking Stephen Tobloski's in this movie, I like him. Um, he's the, he's, um, Samuel's like, boss, I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, I mean, he's in everything, he's like, he's in... Uh, I recognise him from Groundhog Day. Ned? Yeah. Ned Ryerson? Well, she offered the first step, it's a doozy. Oh. <laughs> it's a, it just. Ned and Sparks him. It's the best fucking scene. Where Omni he just runs away like fucking Naruto. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. I forgot he does a Naruto run. Steve, uh, Stephen Toblowski invented the, the Naruto run. <laughs> nah, man. It's fucking Naruto started in the 90s. No, it didn't. It like was the like. Manga did. I don't know. 
no, I don't give a shit, I'm not a weeb. <laughs> is Naruto even actually a proper like anime anime, or is it like in the Avatar realm? Oh, no, no, it's full-blown anime. Alright, okay. Well, anyway, Steven Toplowski's good in this. Uh, Daryl Hannah, she does alright with what she has. Um, Chevy Chase does okay. Fucking hell. <laughs> Chevy Chase does okay, right? No, he doesn't. The problem is, right, he, he's playing a sincere character well. The problem is... Because he's primarily known as a comedic actor, and I don't, and you know, outside of the film, outside of the film, he's he's a notorious Hollywood asshole. I don't believe him. Most like <laughs> not just an asshole, like a full blown like racist, sexist. Oh, he's a prick. Yeah, cunt. This man is a horrible human being. His career's dead, pretty much. I mean, didn't, uh, didn't he die recently as well? No, Jeffy Chase is still alive. Is he still alive? Yeah, I thought he died. No, I mean his career's dead, but uh, he's still alive. But let me put this into perspective. Oh, fuck right? that guy. Let me put this into perspective for you, right? Chevy Chase. I'm just looking up his filmography here, right? Go so on. you know he's in all these classics: Caddyshack, National, National Lampoon, yeah, the, the Vacation movies, Three Amigos, that sort of stuff. Fletch, yeah. right? His most recent movie. Although his most recent thing that he was known for would be his stint on Community, I yeah, would say. That's yeah, when yeah. But the majority the, of folk... But in 2021, mm-hmm. he was in a direct-to-DVD movie called Panda vs. Aliens. Good lord. His career's dead. Yes. <laughs> and may it stay dead, because the man is an absolute cunt. And, yeah, I think you hit the nail right in the head. Like, yeah, he's playing a somewhat sincere character, but because of everything we know about him... Mm-hmm. It's so unbelievable for him to be even remotely sincere. I do think even in scenes where he does a like, there are a few scenes where he does a good job. In particular, scenes whenever he is acting opposite of Sam Neill, mm-hmm. those are all fucking great. For the most part, like there's quite a lot of really good stuff there. But like, I think if I viewed this in a vacuum, though, like if I didn't know who Chevy Chase was, I'd be like, yeah, that's alright. Yeah, yeah, I think feel like that's without okay. no, it would be. I don't know if I would say it's alright. His performance or the movie in general? The movie in general. Oh no, I didn't, I didn't mean the movie in general, film. I meant his performance. But yeah, yeah I would, his performance is very middle of the road, but again, I would condemn it to the same fate that I give this movie. In that, it's fucking boring. Yeah, right. So it's, and we've, we've had this discussion, we're both in agreement that the worst possible thing a film can be is boring. Is boring. Yeah, because like, if it's a be, good movie, that's fantastic. Yeah. Whatever. If it is absolutely dog shit terrible, you mm-hmm. can still get some entertainment out of that mm-hmm. by like making fun of it with your friends and things like that, or at the very least having like a kind of a communal experience of talking about it online, yeah. that sort of thing. But this movie isn't there. This but movie if is a just film's bad. boring, then you can't even have the element of laughing at how bad it is, or talking mm-hmm. about it, or being intrigued by why these decisions were made. It's mm-hmm. just like it's just fucking it's a nothing movie yeah. ultimately it it says nothing it leaves no imprint, lasting imprint on the viewer it's just kind of there I think the only lasting impact this movie has had on me was uh, nothing to do with the actors really Go it on. was the special effects like the uh, like what you were talking about the smoke going to the lungs oh there was one effect that I thought was kind of shit it was when uh, was it the makeup yeah, that was yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. But um, that was creepy. But you know, uh, this movie, I will say the first 10, 15, 20 minutes of this movie got me. 
I was sitting there going, this could be okay. This could be a because let, let's look at it object. Let's look at it objectively. Okay, so here, right? you have Chevy Chase, yes, who is a funny guy, prick notwithstanding. Right? Yeah, yeah, he has he has a he has a talent. Uh. Unfortunately, he views that he views himself as being an entitled cunt because of that talent. But nevertheless, but he, is, it, but he is good at physical comedy. Uh, he is a fucking fantastic comedian, slapstick comedian. Yeah, outside of real life, he's a good comedian, right? Yeah, good comedic actor, right? And you have John Carpenter, who's a fantastic director, as you know. Yes, Sam Neill, like uh, another fantastic actor. And we have Michael Michael McKean's in this movie as well. He's a uh, he's Chevy Chase's pal. He hides out in his house. Oh yeah, I he's, fucking love Michael McKean yeah, by the way. He's, he's great. A, he's a funny guy. He's an SNL alumni. He's a uh, you know yeah. he was in Better Call Saul as well. He's he was in the X Files for a while. Uh, um, more and another slightly more relevant, except given that season two will be coming out shortly. He appears in Good Omens as well. I think well, I saw like five minutes of that first episode. I, I don't know. Something. See, I'm I'm a oh. big I'm a big Terry Pratchett nerd, so I had to. I've I don't want to. I, I don't want to get into it here, but that sort of fancy kind of annoys me. But um, oh no, that's fair. It's not for yeah. everybody. Yeah. But um, I, I love Teddy Pratchett, so I had to watch it, and it and was the, fucking great. And another cast member in this, in a very small role, is uh, ah fuck, what's her name? She's the she's <laughs> the wife. Ex- excellent, she's the, excellent. She's the wife in um, Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh yeah, fuck. Patricia she, he- Patricia yeah. Heaton. Yeah, she's in this as well in a very small role. She's all right. She's usually, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they're but they're given nothing to do in this movie, and. One of the main reasons is uh, so this movie has its uh, development all the way back in nineteen eighty seven, right? Yeah, Chevy Chase. This was a. It's some a, would call some would call it a, a passion project. Others would call it a vanity project. Yeah, so Chevy Chase was given the book, right? Uh, it's yeah. based on a novel by uh, oh, what's his name, H. F. Saint. Do you know when the novel was released? Uh, I can just check. Um, nineteen eighty seven. 1987, okay. And the novel itself was inspired by the Universal Monster movie, The Invisible Man. In fact, there are several nods to that movie within there's, this there's film. Actually, there's actually a straight up nod to, um, they mentioned in dialogue, Invisible Agent, which is one of the later ones. Yes. Um, I think that's primarily what this is inspired by. Yes. But um, but yeah, so Chevy Chase was given the novel by the producer, and he saw this, he liked the book, mm-hmm. he saw, I can make a movie out of this. Um, you know, Warner Brother. This was this was like I wouldn't say hype, but there was high hopes for this. Like, Warner Brothers paid one point thirty five million dollars for the rights to this book. Yes, and one thing that you've got to bear in mind as well. This is at, the time, <laughs> at the time that this film was in production, we are talking about not just the horror boom, but there were a lot of there were a, really a lot of movies. really good comedy movies coming out, especially yeah. surrounding Chevy Chase. I mean, National Lampoon was at its height. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, when was Caddyshack released? Was that eighties? Yeah, that was. That was Caddyshack had already came out. Yeah, that was nineteen eighty. That was very. Early yeah, on. that was very early on. Uh, so Chevy Chase was a big get at the Chevy time. Chevy Chase was a big deal up until like. Uh, up until very recently. Up I, until would, like, mm, I wouldn't say very recently. I would say like his career. Two thousands. No, his, his career started going downhill, and like the, not long after this, he was in a movie, um, by Dan Aykroyd mm-hmm. called Nothing But Trouble. Um, oh, after wait, that was yeah. that was a notorious flop. So after that, his career started a bit of a downturn. Um, but yeah, but, yeah, but he was still Chase. fondly remembered up until yeah. eventually it started coming out. Like co-stars started talking about him, and like uh, jokes on SNL were made about the way that he speaks to in- he spoke to interns during his time on that show. Yeah, 
Yeah. And eventually he became the infamous figure that he is today. But yes, but this this film went through a trouble production even before like the filming started. Oh yeah. Um, originally Ivan Reitman was going to direct this. Uh, he of Ghostbusters fame. Yes, he of Ghostbusters fame, but he the part of the project, you know. Um, the, as a sort of a testament to how much of a vast project this was, did you notice that this was produced by a company called Cornelius Production? Yeah, I've never right. heard of them before. Cornelius Production is Chevy Chase's real first name. What? Yeah, Chevy Chase. Cornelius. Yeah, is his first name. Yes. So uh, you know, this is basically I'm saying this is my production. You know? Right. Okay. Um, and. Uh, you know, so the script had, he he made he got the script to be rewritten because a lot of um, comedic actors go through this, right? Yeah. He got the script rewritten because it was, in his words, too comedic. It was like Clark Griswold going invisible. Right. right okay. Yeah. So a lot of the eighties act, well, you get it now as well, but a lot of comedic actors go through this phase where they want to step away from comedy to do uh, more serious things. Uh, Bill Murray did it. Dan Aykroyd's done it, Steve Martin's done it, you know. Uh, more more recently, I would, uh, you know, Steve Carell's done it. Um, yeah, yep. Uh, Bo Burnham with his most recent uh, Netflix special, Inside, took a much more uh, sort of dramatic approach to the Netflix special. Yeah. So, yeah, it's even, it's a known sort of phenomenon of comedy yeah, actors to kind of usually the results of these. And comedians. And the results of these are generally quite mixed. <laughs> um, some of them fucking nail it, however. Like, Some do. Steve Carell did. Steve Carell um, nailed it. Ben uh, Sellers done it pretty well. What was, what was his big what, Foxhound? That was the shit. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, he's done tons. Of Foxhound Fox was fucking unreal. Uh, um, beautiful boy. Um, Not seen that one. It's pretty good. It's got um, Timothy Chalamet in it as well. Um, I, I don't know about Timothy Timothy Chalamet. I've only, seen, I've only seen him doing. I can't really comment. He's good in uh, Little Women. He's really good in Little Women. Oh, fair enough. He's good in Dune. I like Dune, but. Uh, you know, uh, Seth Rogen's even done it. Like, you know, and what the fuck? Yeah, fifty-fifty. Oh shit! Yeah. Um. Yeah. And to a certain extent, funny people. Don't think I've seen that. But yeah, yeah. it's a it's a it's a common thing. A lot of comedians do it. Mixed results. Uh, this is certainly one of the uh, not so good ones. <laughs> but yeah, he yeah. he. So he got the script rewritten to be more serious, and because uh, you know he, he, he wanted to branch out. Uh, this happened as well with Eddie Murphy when they were doing Beverly Hills Cop three, and that movie was shit. So you know, um, also Richard Donner was once attached to direct this. What the um, fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, just reading this here, uh, it turns out um, when I said Avco Embassy, Carpenter was in his uh, legal dispute with it. wasn't. It was with uh, the production company Alive Films who produced uh, They Live. Ah, right, okay. So, um, and, uh, and he was lined up to do a bunch of movies, one of which was Exorcist 3. Oh, um, okay. But, you know, he was in this lawsuit, didn't happen. So. I'm kind of glad that didn't happen because I like Exorcist 3 as it is. <laughs> that film's really good. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people like that weird director's cut, you know, with the. I don't know about it. I'm, I I'm unsure of it. I like, I, I like it, but I don't know if I prefer it over the theatrical. Yeah, I prefer the theatrical one. I don't know. I'd need to watch them. Like, I'd need to do like a side by side. Like, watch them fairly close together to properly like, like pick. But mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, eventually Carpenter got the job because he needed one. Yeah. He, yeah. He <laughs> um, was. Uh, he was a ball head away from going on the dole, and he really uh, did. He, he he really did not enjoy making this movie. Um, no, it's it's well known. Yeah, 
Jamie Chase is a cunt. So, uh, and then apparently Chase and Daryl Hannah did not get on either. And mm-hmm. Apparently nobody had a good time making this movie. Although it did give us, uh, you know, John Carpenter and Sam Neill together. And we will see them again. <laughs> yes, it, yeah. was, uh, it was their introduction. Yeah. Um, but uh, Chevy Chase took this seriously. Um, just from reading up on the background of this, he lost like twenty pounds to get the, into shape for this role. Oh yeah, no, he probably went for it. Yeah. yeah, but it just didn't work out. Um, and one of the main reasons why this movie doesn't work out, we'll get into well, it when we talk about. We'll get into al- this. There is also a certain irony to him losing twenty pounds to play an invisible man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He does have realistically a shirt off, speaking. He does, he does have a shirt off quite a lot in this movie sometimes. Though. Yeah, realistically speaking, he doesn't need to do shit. Like no, he doesn't. <laughs> But one of the main reasons that this movie does not work, and and I'm going to get into this a bit more when we talk about when we go in depth, uh, yeah, is this movie would work so much better as a comedy. It would. Oh yeah, it would. But they do not play it as a comedy no. in this movie. And there's, there's, there's comedic com- moments. There's comedic moments throughout it where the film is like, okay, this could work so fucking well if Chevy Chase just accepted what he was good at and done mm. that. Like, if this was, like, a proper physical comedy, like, slapstick kind of thing, with a little bit of seriousness throughout it, like, basically, if you flipped this movie on its head and it went from a serious movie with comedic moments to a comedic movie with serious moments, yeah, like it would work mur- so much like better. Only murders in the building. It would work. Yeah. In that very same vein, it would have worked so fucking well, but unfortunately, they don't do that. And, uh, Michael, fuck, I always forget how to pronounce his fucking name. The, the guy, he plays George. Michael McKean. McKean. I always forget McKean mm. for some reason. I always go McKeehan or some shit like I that. I think it's McKean. I, I, to be honest, I've never heard his surname being said. I just, I just spells like McKean. So. But uh, yes, yeah, so Michael McKean as well. He is known as he is a fantastic comedic actor. He has some fucking great chops in amongst them for uh, that. Yeah, you should see the uh, there's an ep- there's a two parter episode of the X Files that he's in. Yeah. Where he is, um, he gets stuck in Mulder's body. Oh my god! So it's you know it's Mike McKean, but like yeah. he's pretending to be Mulder, and it's that's hilarious. Fucking hilarious! But yeah, it's him trying to just hit on Scully the entire time, and it's that's it. hilarious. And he, he comes back a few times in the series. It is a fucking great episode, but yeah, yeah. And they waste him in this. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, he is very wasted. And that, that and that that can be said about this movie. It's a waste. It's a wasted opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. So shall we go? go into it and properly do a deep dive in this this fucking thing oh uh, yeah yeah let's let's go right okay so i've got my notes out so the movie begins with a pretty a very reminiscent of classical monster movies kind of score mm-hmm. uh, to begin with as, as we see people roaming around wearing infrared goggles while a chopper gets our classic 80, a classic 80s vector graphics view of a city oh fuck yeah really <laughs> which is weird considering the film came out in 92 but you <laughs> know, cl- classic monster movie music with like a fucking uh, you know once it moves on a little bit a classic monster movie music with fucking film noir type shit going on elements of that yeah. going later on yeah. yeah yeah so we see Nick Halloway sits in an office talking to the camera well, we and we get his him. opening line I'm not sick and I'm not crazy but I am invisible mm-hmm. fucking excellent writing uh, <laughs> and yeah, here we get a bit of a special effects showcase as Nick demonstrates that he is indeed an invisible man so he does things like he picks up random objects and holds them as like look no strings mm-hmm. and moves them in ways that they wouldn't be able to move if there were strings opens up a bubblegum wrapper eats the bit of bubblegum eats gum. the bubblegum blows a bubble with it that was very impressive that's a really good effect mm-hmm. that's the one that really sticks out to me 
And then he begins to narrate the film. And we start, we go back, uh, was it like a week or something that we go back? Something like that. See, that's the thing, right, that's something I want to talk about as well. Mm-hmm. Narration in film, it can work. I mean, obviously, the noir is in there quite a lot. Yeah, it can, it work, can work really well. But when he he starts narrating scenes that are fairly obvious, like uh, he will be saying like, "I didn't know what to think. I didn't know how to feel," and then you see him doing that. It's like if you didn't narrate that, you could probably get that. Yeah, just by like, looking at it. where narration shines in films, at least for me, it's telling the audience things that cannot be portrayed in any other way. So if, for example, you have in the likes of like a film noir. Hmm sort of element you can really get into like the subtext of how characters are feeling and thinking about certain things and really dig dive deep into the sort of mental state of a character uh, a great example of this being done albeit a very stylized version of it is Sin City <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, while it's a very stylized and very comic booky version of that trope it's a version that I think works well in, in showing where narration can be used effectively yeah, it's, it's also good for giving like exposition if you don't actually want to have the characters talk about it. Yeah, it um, can be. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm not. A, in fact, fuck uh, Sin City. One of my favorite examples of narration in film. You're gonna say airplane? No. <laughs> but airplane is a good one. No, I was gonna say Naked Gun, <laughs> but but no, uh, it's a uh, fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Okay. Oh, did you watch that? Recently? Uh, yeah, I watched that recently. Yeah. Fucking mental film, but I love it. <laughs> and it's proper. That is a fantastic example of narration in a movie. Mm-hmm. And one of the key things I think in making narration work isn't just how it's written, but how it's performed. It needs to feel like the character is actually talking to you and not just reading off a script. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throughout the entirety of this movie. Chevy Chase is very clearly just reading a script in a VO booth. Yeah, it's like he'd seen in the terms of the narration. It's like he'd seen the original cut of Blade Runner. I was like, I could do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With regards to the narration, as we said, it just feels like he's just reading monotone off, like just reading a book. And I mean, as a result, the, of some that, film noir was like that, though. But yeah, but yeah. again, that kind of became part of this. But like those, but that, those, the films that were yeah. like that. Are the films that didn't do anywhere near as well. But because Chevy... No, 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 I mean, most of the classics did that. So, like, with Chevy Chase doing it, it just doesn't feel sincere. It kind of feels like he's making fun of it. So, like, I think that was one of the problems with it. See, I didn't really have that frame of reference. To me, it just, again, fucking boring. Mm. I was just like, right, okay. And he's narrating shit, as you say, that we can see happening very clearly on the screen. Yeah. Where it's like, I had to, where it's like, you know, I had to grab my stuff and run. And he grabs his stuff and runs. I was like, okay, well, what was the point of fucking saying that then? Like, and then, but, but we see what he was like like a week before. You know, he's yes. he's a successful is he a stockbroker. What the fuck does he do? Some kind of business shit. I living don't know. In, uh, living in San Francisco, and I have, and I will say, there ain't no fat people in San Francisco. You know, all those fucking hills. No. Jesus <laughs> fuck no. Christ, you see some of them. Fuck's sake. No. <laughs> Never ever been to San Francisco, but you know. It's, it's fucking wild so we see his Wolf of Wall Street life of to be fair he doesn't really but he doesn't really seem that way he's more closed off it's more death of a salesman than Wolf of Wall Street where he's just kind of like he has no real family he has no friends realistically he has colleagues that are that know his name that's about it his secretary I recognise his secretary 
but I can't. I couldn't place where I saw her from. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I can't. She did seem familiar, though. <laughs> She's just. <laughs> I don't really want to say that. Actually, she's just. Uh... Say it, and I'll cut it out. Asian actress from the nineties. <laughs> yeah, she was in a lot. Yeah. Rosalind Chow. All right. Oh, that's where I know her from. <laughs> what? <laughs> she's in um, Star Trek. She's a uh, Keiko O'Brien. So. She marries an Irishman. Alright, okay. And uh, she's but also. What else is she in though? Because I've, I've not She's in the live Trek. action Mulan. She's uh, Mulan's okay. mum. Alright, okay. <laughs> Maybe she's but, Keiko, uh, that's what I know her from. Fair enough. <laughs> so we see his life and we see him getting handed this case file. He needs to go to this big presentation at. Hold on a second, I need to find the fucking. At, the, at Magnoscopics Laboratories. The Magnoscopics Laboratories building. It, do you know what immediately brought to mind? Go on. And I. The only reason it did was because it's in an isolated place with nothing else around it. Go on. It just reminded me of the fucking Dunwich building from Fallout 3. Yeah, see, for me, <laughs> I, I went a slightly different route. It reminded me of the fucking Belco experiment. The fact that it's just like oh, in the yeah, middle yeah, of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. It's just this big fuck off office building mm. with nothing around it. <laughs> right, yeah, he has to go in and listen to this talk and yeah. Oh no! But before that, we see him at the bar and he's sort of talking with his friends, and uh, we get Phil This is where my hope for this movie died. Was it the joke? We get six minutes and nineteen seconds into this movie before Chevy Chase says something creepy. And uh, his uh, setting up a fucking orphanage. Yeah, setting up a home for foster kids. Mostly it's teenage girls. Mostly, no, mostly women, you know, teenage girls. I need to start a family. <laughs> I need to start a family, he says. Uh, I'm, surprised I will admit, he'll, I'm surprised they held back as long as six minutes. I will admit, I actually did chuckle with that. I thought that was it. It was, it was funny in a sort of like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it was funny in a what the fuck are you saying kind of way. Uh, it was an awkward laugh. But he bumps into a friend at a local bar and is quickly introduced to one Alice Munro. Yeah, the friend's Michael McKean as well. Yes, a documentary producer for the Smithsonian. Mm. And there's a really fucking weird shot during this co- during this conversation. There's a really weird edit where she's like smiling but then she's talking. Was it that? No, 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 that's a little later on. It's the fact that the camera's solely focused on Nick, despite the fact that he has fuck all to do with the conversation. And he doesn't say oh, a word. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 Alice and I can't remember the name of the other woman, but it's uh, Trisha Heaton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the character's name. Is it Ellen? I want yeah, something like that. <laughs> but uh, it's Alice and Ellen talking to one another about just like their jobs. Just well, like, it is a Cornelius production, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> but the camera's on fucking Chevy Chase. Because it's a Cornelius production. How do we know that this movie was made by him? <laughs> Unless the camera's focused on him. Yeah, but here's the fucked bit. When he finally says something to the conversation, the camera cuts away from him. When he finally talks, the camera cuts away from him and focuses on Alice when he says his line. Because he's so interesting. <laughs> she... <laughs> She's immediately captured. So it completely it breaks every film re- making rule I can think of. Like, what the fuck? Um, it's yeah. so mind-bafflingly wrong. I guarantee, Car- <laughs> I guarantee, Carpenter was fucking stoned out of his mind the entire time he was doing this movie. I don't think he he didn't care. <laughs> yeah, he was bombed out like one hundred percent. But after this bafflingly short conversation there's a glorious moment of ADR heaven 
where uh, all of a sudden the lines just go completely out of sync with what the characters are doing. I noticed that too, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so like Alice is like smiling at what Nick's saying and then replies to what Nick's saying, but she's still just smiling. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and it becomes this like almost like Hong Kong cinema English dub moment where like <laughs> the lines and become did, like a do you second remember, delay. Do you remember? Go on. Early 2000s WWE. Yes! You had the team of... It is exactly you that. Had the, you had the team of Kai and Tai, whose whole gimmick was... You know, whose whole gimmick was they're Japanese. Yeah. So when they came out to do interviews with the microphones and that, they would, their mouths would be moving, but it would just be somebody over the PA yeah, yeah, yeah. going like, EVIL! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was that. It was that, yeah. But uh, yeah, then they get straight to like fucking making out in the toilets. Cause yeah, not, ter- cause not, but before that... There's a smash cut to Alice and Nick simply listing things that they hate and things that they love. Yeah. So, like, Alice will just be like, I hate... So, Nick will just be like, I hate golfers or something like that. He hates weightlifters because they're narcissists. Yeah, he hates weightlifters because they're narcissists. Fucking pot, meet the kettle. Uh, fucking <laughs> and she says she likes garlic so there's smash cut to them like yeah. fucking it, it leads up to her saying I like garlic and then we smash cut to them making out in a fucking bathroom yeah was there was their first connection though she likes sports yeah because she says to him Seton Hall are going to go all the way yeah and I know I know about Seton Hall don't ask me why I just do they're from fucking Minnesota but you know I'll tell you why I don't know them actually WWE <laughs> of course it was of course it's something to do with fucking wrestling either I think Shelton Benjamin was uh, was on their wrestling team Brock yeah. Lesnar might have been as well uh, so yeah as they're making out once again Chevy Chase says something fucking creepy does uh, he? what, what, yeah. what is he she, say? Say, she says I don't want something I don't want to do something oh yeah so how, how much like, do I win? Uh, he says I don't want to do something cheap and meaningless that's fair and to which you would normally be like okay no that's fair let's take this slow no Chevy Chase says oh so I don't owe you then and uh, just, you wouldn't be able to afford it yeah you, you couldn't afford me and it's like no, at that point you don't reply you run Alice fucking run <laughs> leave that man so, I was trying to look up what I, I, Daryl Hannah's a name I recognise I, I don't think I'd be able to place her in a movie she's in Blade Runner she's oh, yeah. um, she's the fucking acrobatic one yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> gets shot and like, has a fit but uh, yeah, that's the only thing I really know her from. But she's also uh, married to Neil Young. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> He's appar- She's apparently the reason that uh, I say the reason is more so that Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young just didn't like each other. But uh, a few of them were saying like, oh, she's the reason they're not getting back together because uh, one of them criticised her or something. <laughs> and Neil Young's like, hey, that's my wife. <laughs> Well, she, well, no. <laughs> yeah. She's not the reason. It's yeah. The reason is yeah. you were a cunt. To yeah. <laughs> it's like the people that say that. It's like the people that say that Yoko Ono broke up the Beatles. You know, but you know, to be fair, Yoko Ono was fucking mental. Like, did you see that the fucking gig of like I think it's like John's it's playing with Chuck Berry and she yeah, just fucking yeah. screams into the mic. Yeah, they turn and off the she, microphone. Yeah, but not only that, you see Chuck Berry's face yes. and he is <laughs> what the fuck? fuck? No, no, it's not what the fuck. It's I am going to fucking slap you like his face just is pure rage and it's hilarious that, do you remember that bit from the Simpsons it's the, the B-Sharps episode it's like, yeah and they take the piss out of the Beatles yeah, and, and they like, have I'm going to take bar- I'm going to take Barbershop to whole new levels yeah number eight where's Sam Burping number eight yeah number eight number eight it's great Simpsons is fantastic 
Not unlike this movie. Hmm. <sighs> it's, a so, nice, it's a nice club he's hanging out. Yes, a gentleman's club. Mm. One of the last in San Francisco. I mean, I'm sure... He likes to play tennis there and he uses the bar. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's other gentlemen's clubs in San Francisco, if you catch my drift. <laughs> You're really proud of that joke, aren't you? Yes. Speaking of San Francisco gays, have you seen... You say it like that's the fucking national football team. San Francisco gays. That'd be a great football team. Fucking would be. Have you seen that promo? <laughs> it was a wrestling promo from the very early 80s. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was the AWA or WWE. They were talking about... The guy was talking about Hulk Hogan, but it could have been either, right? Yeah. And they were talking about an event that they were doing in San Francisco. Yeah. Because they're in San Francisco. He said something like... I was trying to find a woman. I went downtown and I couldn't find any woman. <laughs> All I found were guys that look like women. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, Hulk Hogan was a fucking strange, strange man. It wasn't Hulk Hogan that said it. it was um, the guy was it was having a match with Hulk Hogan. It was. Uh, right. Stra- uh, who was that then? They said that weird shit. Steve Schultz. Yeah, he's the guy who also slapped somebody for asking if wrestling was fake. Yeah, he slapped the reporter. He's like, "How does it? Did that feel fake?" <laughs> But, uh, yeah. So clearly unhinged. Oh, no, he is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, San Francisco. San Francisco needs to be in more movies, by the way. Like, yeah, it's really... Fu- it, Dirty, I, Dirty it, films, it films really well. Like, the, like San Francisco looks amazing on camera. Yeah, like uh, Bullets there. Uh, you know, um, uh, What's the Dirty Harry Dirty franchise? Harry movies. Not, Princess Diaries? <laughs> I haven't seen those. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not, uh, not a movie, but a video game, Watch Dogs 2. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, <laughs> gentlemen's clubs. <laughs> the San Francisco edition of Pipeworks. <laughs> <laughs> For those not in the know, Pipeworks is a. Uh, uh, how would you describe it? I honestly don't know. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, I'll describe it for you then. Pipeworks. I, I is... could not describe it for the life of me. Do you not know what it is? I know what it is. I just couldn't describe it for the life of me. Pipeworks is a sauna in Glasgow that a lot of. Uh, um, I'm trying to decide whether to use the words homosexual or gay. <laughs> so, but I want to put this here: sauna, as in big fuck off air quotes. And that's what I would say. Oh, there's a sauna in there. <laughs> and people use it. But it's what they do in the sauna. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we... Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a big old fuck room. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we used to go We used to go to this gaming cafe around the corner from it. Actually, it wasn't even around the corner from it. You step outside the door, it's right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you see some interesting things out there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Good times. I, I miss megabytes. So the huh? Megabytes was awesome. Yeah, this is going to get into a bit of Glasgow lore for you here. Megabytes, the gaming cafe, you know, um, it shut down before COVID happened, like yeah, years before the, COVID happened. It shut down because like the, basically the location was fucked, right? Yeah, it just rent, wasn't good enough yeah, for the what they were doing. Was really the rent was well. like, yeah, the rent went through the roof. So like, we're going to look for a new location where the rent's slightly better. It's probably going to be a little bit further out of Glasgow at that point, but with the flip side it's going to be a bigger space was it going to be outside so I thought be, they were just no they were going to go like kind of. They were, I say when I say more outside Glasgow 
the original location was like Boz deep in the city centre. They were probably going to go a bit further out, like oh, similar to like what Arcade is, like Glasgow Green kind of territory. Oh, right, okay. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. still in Glasgow, but not like maybe the West End. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, but not like a stone's throw for this for the train station, which is what they were. And the trade-off for that was it was going to be a bigger area, so they were going to get bigger, like more arcade machines in. They were going to get more like fucking uh, TVs for mm-hmm. more like you know sort of like old game yeah. setups and whatnot. And they posted and on co- Facebook, "We will be coming back. Yeah. Might take a few months. Might take a year." Yeah, they never did. And then they never did. And then COVID killed them. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, Megabyte. It was a good. shame. It was a great fucking cafe. Megabyte was good. Uh, a great. It was a. It was an awesome place to meet up. Like it was a great post-con meet up as well whenever like MCM mm. would come to Glasgow like we would always mm. go after MCM uh, if, I w- if ever I was with like MCM or like a group of people chances are as soon as we were finished at the show floor we would go Megas yeah me and, me and a friend used to go um, after she would uh, skip work <laughs> we would just go there I used to go like I used to work in a in an escape room Mm-hmm. And the way it worked was that you were only paid for the time that you were actually moderating a game. Mm-hmm. So, like, say for example, you had one game in from like one o'clock till two o'clock, but then your next game wasn't until five o'clock. Yeah, you just had from two till five, you weren't getting paid. Yeah. So you would have like a good few hours. So I used to just fuck off down to megabytes and be like, "I've got like two and a half hours. Pay, get something to eat. Be like, here's two and a half hours rent." rent for the PS2 give me Dragon Ball games and I will be a happy boy mm-hmm. the, only, <laughs> the only thing I will say about Megabytes and then we can we can continue after we talk about this yeah. the only thing about Megabytes is nobody could look me in the eye there and I have no idea why have you seen you? I mean yeah but <laughs> <laughs> so gaming cafes attract a particular clientele mostly introverts right? Mm. they were just kind of there to like socialise without socialising so to speak right then you come in specifically whenever me you and any of our mutual friends were in there and you've hopefully listened to this pod podcast before you've heard the kind of shit that we had with we had out with some pretty off colour shit every now and then mm-hmm. and you wonder why people couldn't look you what in you, the eye what you don't know is what I look like oh, but you know yeah. <laughs> we've, we've got a drawing of you as a yeah, fucking thumbnail true. you tit yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I remember me and uh, me and the friend that drew that thumbnail actually yeah uh, we were in there and, and nobody could it was really strange it was like they were avoiding us I don't know why <laughs> but uh, I can make an educated guess <sighs> you were probably in there wearing a fucking mayhem t-shirt to begin with there's nothing wrong with that yeah nothing wrong with it but it has give off a certain vibe <laughs> when everyone else around you is a fucking weeb in your in a mayhem shirt yeah. trash talking your mate while playing fucking Super Smash Brothers yeah a guy in a mayhem shirt playing as Kirby it's fucking great yeah that is that is a cursed image <laughs> I'm actually Kirby in a mayhem shirt <laughs> that'd be fucking around how would Kirby even wear a shirt it would be like Winnie the Pooh yeah but like Kirby's like 90% mouth well, I don't know. Just so how the fuck would that? So does that mean if Kirby was to uh, eat Varg, he would just inherit the powers of stabbing people and racism? <laughs> he would just get an armband. <laughs> <laughs> instead of instead of instead of yelping, he just yells out "Heil." 
Oh, anyway, this movie. Cumberbatch <laughs> <laughs> just pulls a knife. Oh, oh, man. He starts getting a damage bonus against every single enemy that doesn't look like him. <laughs> but no, Megabytes was good. Uh, but yeah, do we even get like gentlemen's clubs like this anymore? Like at all? I mean, you could kind of get it with like. I don't know. I'm pretty man. sure you get one in London. I can see one happening. I'm, I'm one. sure there's a few here and there. Because nowadays, whenever somebody says gentlemen's club, all they mean is a strip club. So like, I don't. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's any like, because I know like it used to be like basically like flat top bars and stuff like that was like the equivalent on in Scotland of like a mm. working men's men's club. Uh, this wasn't there. a working men's club. This was like a fucking of sort of gentlemen's club. There you would get like the working men's club up here, which was like your flat top bars and button bends and things like that. Yeah, I don't know. This seems a bit more upscale than those, though. I don't know. Yeah, this seems a bit more trading places. Yeah, because even he mentioned this, like this is where the railway tycoons went. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. So it's a nice place. Yeah, it seems nice. But uh, he drinks himself into a stupor because he met a pretty woman, <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> he that's basically what the narration tells you. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, he is hungover as fuck. Uh, as he makes his way out to visit Magnoscopic's laboratories. Now, he should not be driving. He wasn't driving, it was a limo. Was it? I'm fairly certain it was a limo. I'm sure you see him drive. Ah, oh, well, it was the 90s. Not an excuse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> drunk driving was still a crime in the 90s. Ah, but everybody did it in the 90s. <laughs> they did. It How do you know? You were born in 95, you tit. I've seen movies. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen movies, I've, you know... Fucking idiot! What are you talking about? I've seen movies. I've spoken to people <laughs> alive in the in the nineties and before. Talk shite. I've driven a car. No, no you haven't. I've driven. Yes, I have. I've driven. No, no, no. You weren't supposed to. Yeah, <laughs> I can, but I'm not supposed to. Oh no! Wait, no, yeah, no. You, you could have because you had your professional at that point, so it would have been fine. Not on me. I lost it before then. Well, we're fucked. <laughs> no, I can drive a car. I'm just not supposed to. Okay, so moving on. Uh, we get a good bit of physical com- comedy from Chase here as he struggles with a hangover throughout the lecture. He kind of like walks mm-hmm. into the door and all that kind of stuff. And there's some good stuff. Some good stuff. Uh, he falls asleep for... He says it's 15 minutes, right? But the way it's shot... Yeah, it makes it seem like it's like a couple of hours. Yeah, because they do like the whole like dissolve and thing. And the voice it, gets distorted. Yeah. And then it's like... That sort of voice. Oh, 15 minutes. That's like, fuck off was that 15 minutes. 15 minutes we're not even... Dissolve. <laughs> 15 minutes we're not even at the birth of Christ. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, he then leaves the that lecture hall to look... Like he leaves the lecture hall to look from the men's room, right? Mm-hmm. And... This is where the film gets dumb. Uh, because the inciting incident of this entire movie is a well-trained, assumingly highly qualified scientist having an open mug of coffee by sensitive equipment that he then spills. He spills by pointing the direction to go for the... And knocking knocking over Mm. the coffee in the process. This office, by the way, that Chevy Chase goes into. Yeah. Because he doesn't find the toilet, instead he finds a sauna. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, no, this, this is where I question... I question Nick's plan here. Was was his plan to just sit down and fall asleep in the toilet? Because when he finds the office, the first thing he does is lie down and say, "Oh, perfect, exactly it, what I was looking for." 
And he falls asleep for th- th- and he goes to have a ten minute nap. Yeah, I think he just wanted somewhere quiet. So was his plan to just fall asleep in the cubicle? Maybe it ha- it's happened to all of us at one point in the morning. Yeah, I can't even deny that. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the song isn't on or anything, so that's fine. But, like, yeah. I was looking at this office, right? Did you mm. notice when you shut the door, the door is just a full-size mirror? Yeah. That is so that fucking executive can watch himself banging that secretary man. That's fucking... Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, no, <possibly. laughs> Nancy, get in here. Why is she called Nancy? It's the first name popped into my head. But yeah, so Chevy Chase lies down in the sauna, falls asleep for a bit, and this is where it starts to feel like an actual Carpenter movie. But no, this is he where... He falls it, asleep, and this is where it starts to look like a Carpenter movie. Yeah, the, 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 the console blows up, kind of. It just and kind of sparks everywhere. Chevy Chase must be a heavy sleeper, because he sleeps through an explosion, a fire alarm, a full-scale evacuation of the entire yeah, building, people running around followed by another explosion in the bottom floor. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And he sleeps through the full fucking thing. I mean, hangovers... Hangovers are a bitch. But though, this is where it starts to feel like a cartoon movie, and this is where um, I was. I still had some hope for this movie, because uh, when he wakes up, the, the special effects scene here is really good, because it's... Uh, Try and visualise for Wait, me. So basically, the, the building's the still there. Partially. Part well, it is still there, but you can't see some of it. Yes, yeah, so it, it looks like the build. This like does like debris because uh, parts of the building are invisible and, and parts just, aren't. And because it's nighttime, the in between spaces of the building are just a black void. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> it was it was pretty cool looking, and uh, yeah, we have your science team, military. It reminded me of something out of like Control. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It, yeah, it's pretty good. This is where it felt like a proper like carpet sci-fi movie because you have your military sciencey team. Yeah, all down around there. We have Sam Neill, who was introduced in the scene prior at some on uh, trial. In I don't think it was a trial. I don't several think, disappearances. I don't think it was a trial. I think it was a. Oh no, he was. It was a court case. Yeah, but that, yeah, I don't think it was a trial. I think it was a, like com- a court martial. No, a com- uh, commission. Like. Um, oh okay. Like they're just investigating something. But um, yeah, it turns out he's in the CIA. Yeah, uh, and he says, "Okay, what is it?" And he, we get a, a fucking wonderful line. Uh, it's not what it is; it's what it isn't. Well, Stephen Tobolsky. Yeah. yeah, he's fucking great. He's a, he's fucking hilarious in Californication. Oh yeah, he's amazing. He's awesome. <laughs> oh. So parts of the building has completely disappeared. We soon learn that it's actually intact, but invisible. This is when Nick starts to wake up. But yes, as an aside, Stephen Tobolsky, we were talking about Stephen Tobolsky in Californication, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I always thought about this, right? So Stephen Tobolsky's character, right? He ends up with uh, the character Marcy, right? Marcy is probably most well known for being the voice of Spinelli and Bobby Hill in King of the Hill. So whenever I think of that, all I can think of because Californication is a fucking sex heavy show yes all I can think of is Stephen Toblowski and his fucking grunts and fucking Bobby Hill <laughs> that's my boys <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you know. <laughs> and him just it was a sort of like weird nasally high pitched sort of thing he's got going on yeah <laughs> oh that show ruined me huh <laughs> <sighs> Yes, yeah, Sam Neill, great guy. 
Yeah. Can't do. Have you seen him in Penny Drive? Not Penny Drive. Um, Peaky Blinders. No, I've not watched Peaky Blinders. Oh, he does a Belfast accent in that. That's a shame. It's uh, it's it's, a, it's not awful, but it's annoying. Yeah. No, Much that's... like people from Belfast. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I know. Uh, no, no, I, no, I, I know. Belfast so. is a wonderful place. No, Belfast. Belfast. People. Yes, Belfast is great. But um, I knew I knew somebody that was born and raised in Belfast, then moved to Newcastle. Their accent was all kinds of fucked. It was, it was some weird shit. Is that who I'm thinking of? Yeah. Holy fuck! The person that explains so much. Yeah. Yeah. The person tried to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> For good reason. Yeah, I suppose. But. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the person that tried to kill me, and two days later, we went to the cinema to watch Monsters vs. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's for everyone I associate that movie with me almost getting stabbed right. <laughs> right, so Nick then wakes up and discovers that he is indeed invisible he discovers us because he looks at his hands and he cannot see them I never I never that never occurred to me like with the invisible man type stuff like that you can't see himself I always assumed that you probably could but yeah there's a, there's a great line later on in the movie but he says, like, I don't sleep so well, I can see through my eyelids. Yeah, that's kind of fucked. <laughs> and it's like, holy fuck, like, yeah. I've not actually heard that as yeah. a point in an Invisible Man movie. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure that comes up in Hollow Man, but it's been a while since I've seen that I piece of shit. I haven't seen Hollow Man, so I can tell it's, you. Uh, it's not great. Uh, Stay tuned for Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> fuck off. Uh, but, uh, no. Um... <laughs> But yeah, that was a really great line. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, that kind of explains why you would go insane if you were mm-hmm. invisible for any length of time. Because imagine, like, shutting your eyes to fall asleep and you can still see clear as day. Yeah. Like you can feel that your eyelids are closed, but you can see through them. <laughs> like how that dissonance would fuck with you. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, although, thankfully, for us. Uh, his clothes were also made invisible by this, so we don't need to see any naked Chevy Chase until later. Uh, yeah, I was going to say we see it like twice. <laughs> but, um, no, just once. No, you see it twice. Uh, there's a bit uh, when uh, they first come to the house. Yeah, that's the once. Yeah, then there's the dream that he has. I wouldn't count the dream. <laughs> I mean, he is naked. <laughs> the dream comes before the house. Oh, yeah, it was, it was both of us then. But anyway. He then puts on a hat to test his invisibility-ness, which yeah. is, again, strange. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the science and people, the people looking out just see this hat floating around <laughs> and are freaking the fuck out, as you would. Mm-hmm. He then starts banging on the windows and screaming for help, and the voiceover gets wonderfully melodramatic at this point. Yeah. <laughs> as well, <sighs> as he attempts to have some form of emotion. Jerry Chase, you fucking emotionless man. Yeah. Uh, the monster movie score kicks off once again uh, as Nick is skiing for help to a shocked crowd of relief workers in hazmat suits. And Nick is shortly carried away by the hazmat guys. And we do get a genuine... He jogs himself out, doesn't he? He jogs himself out because he, um, he's carried away in a gurney. He's carried away in a gurney, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, what, did he, we, what did he do? Did he slip on something? Did he I don't know. Did he just run into a wall? <laughs> I have no idea. I think, I think he just faints. I don't know. But, 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 <laughs> a, this is a good joke I will give them that this is a good joke purely because of the visual mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, they're carrying them away in a gurney 
and they're talking about like how he would be the perfect agent. He's got a blank over him, so you can kind of see. You can kind of see his outline because there's a blank over him. They're talking about he would be the perfect agent. Could you imagine he could like slip in and out completely unnoticed? He could gather so much intel. Mm-hmm. Assassinations. He would be perfect. To which one of the workers replies. Nah, man, this guy's going to be cut open with tubes sticking out of his ass and note it. And then as soon as he says that, he sits. What? Undertaker style, sits right the fuck up and he just goes, What? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I had to pause the film because I was genuinely laughing so much at that bit. Yeah, see, there's it's a great visual. See, there's comedic elements in this movie. This movie, this is what I'm talking about. This movie would have been so much better if this movie was just a straight up comedy, but with those serious moments throughout it yeah, yeah. yeah if they'd leaned into the comedic aspect of Chevy Chase as an actor it would have been great but nah they fucked it there's also a bit um, coming uh, he up. then gets up and fucking runs away yeah there's also a bit coming up that um, that I think emphasises that point great but we'll get there when we get there <laughs> yeah uh, so this is when David Jenkins tries to reason with Nick who introduces himself as Harvey at this point to try and throw him off the scent Harvey yeah uh, filling him in and exactly what has happened to him so he tells Nick there's been an accident this has happened you are completely like you know you're invisible mm-hmm. your molecules are in flux or whatever the fuck they say it's techno babble it's no real bearing in science whatsoever what they actually say to him here sounds right though <laughs> it's not I know it's not but it sounds right <laughs> techno babble usually if you say anything with enough authority it usually sounds alright see this is shit techno babble because it doesn't even sound remotely plausible mm. like it's not like some techno babble like in Star Trek, techno babble is great techno babble for the most part. Although I'm mostly talking about the next generation stuff because I haven't well, really seen say a that. lot of the OG trilogy. You say that, but in the, but in the next generation there is that whole episode that where they that takes place on a Scottish planet and then there's a, a ghost Scots person and they're trying to explain that. Um, that tries to fuck Doctor Crusher, but you know. Yeah, um, back to Memoirs of Visible Man, this shite movie. Nick fucking bolts out from the. off of the gunny, and Sam Amniel's character, whose name is David Jenkins. You can't really be threatening to be called Jenkins. Yeah, you can't, can you? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you may succeeds, but like, uh, as a general rule, yeah. you can't. I, I, it must be said, Sam Neill is probably the best part of this movie oh yeah easily yeah. Uh, there is, there's, there's a great moment where there's like a point when he's talking where this kind of look comes over Sam Neill because well, for a moment he's just kind of monologuing at Nick yeah. and there's a great acting moment from Sam Neill where all of a sudden he's like looking around and he's, he's like, like is he even still here is he here? yeah I'm, a, <laughs> I'm actually talking to a cunt here and then Nick says something he's like oh thank fuck like you yeah. can see the relief on his face yeah. <laughs> it's a great subtle a, moment of comedy from Sam Neill I think a, really there's works a, there's a couple moments that, where he does that uh, where yeah he, but uh it's, it's a really nice like subtle kind of facial yeah. thing that he does with it and it's awesome but uh, anyway Nick runs like fuck uh, away from the building and completely disappears what sort of fucking yeah because he, 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 he's running away and he says he forgets he's invisible man, but He's running a. Uh, he tries to get into a, a, a petrol station or gas station to you Americans. Yeah. What fucking sort of petrol station just shuts? Most. No, most of them are like twenty four hour. They know. No. Like you can't get into the shop, but there's usually somebody there. No. Okay. The one down by me was. Uh, fucking arch. The one down in a. <laughs> 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 
Don't even go to tours. You're so fucking close to doxing your old address. Don't even go to tours 24 hours. Ah, that was specifically advertised as a 24 hour one. You get like ones like the. There was a Tesco one just up for me that when I lived in Paisley I used to shut at 10 o'clock every night. Aye. Uh, he always gets hit by a truck because he's because he forgets he's invisible. Oh, I can't. Fucking idiot. And once again, we get a pretty decent bit of comedy. Is that Nick finds a random drunken businessman, knocks him out with his own I suitcase. I thought that was actually pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Knocks him out with his own suitcase, which leads to a great kind of bonk sound effect, like a mm. dunk. <laughs> and he's just kind of gliding yeah, over the ca- taxi. Right. I'm going to say something for this scene, right? And if you didn't already think of it you will not be able to think of this scene without thinking of what I'm going to say to you. Right. Team America. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Did it look like that when he's been dragged? Because yeah, there's a sh- fucking walk, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a shot when he's, like, Nick's dragging this guy into a cab, but you see, like, for most of the shots, you can see Chevy Chase, you can see Nick, mm-hmm. but every now and then it'll cut to a shot of what everyone else can actually see so you cannot see Nick like he's totally invisible and you can just see whatever he's doing right <laughs> taxi driver must be blind yeah and you just see this guy getting dragged across the ground that looks like he's a fucking puppet from Team America like, like mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> just dragging himself across the ground and uh, he, <laughs> he gets him into the cab and like grabs his mouth and moves his lips and he's just like take me to San Francisco yeah that's going to be an awkward conversation where he does fucking wake up eventually. Oh no, he does wake up at the cab. Right? Oh, I just mean, wait, because he. Is this a cab? And Nick knocks him the fuck out with an elbow to the dome? Yeah. <laughs> but like, when they. When. You know, Nick gets out, he pretends that the guy's thrown up when he gets out that way. But like. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes, like, Oh, can you take me back to Sacramento and change my mind? <laughs> it wasn't Sacramento, Sacramento was just a street name. But, um, I don't fucking know. Take me back to whatever uh, I yeah, change my mind. I was at traffic where that would be, and I'm like sitting there, I'm like, Where are they? But. Yeah. Uh, but like, that must be a fucking awkward conversation when he eventually gets there, though. You just kind of. Yeah, and he gets the fare? Yeah. <laughs> you ever thrown up in a taxi? I have thrown up outside of a taxi. I've been. I've done basically what the guy in this movie does, where I've like opened the door and I'm like, what? Uh, I haven't done. I haven't thrown up in a taxi. I've thrown up immediately after getting out of a taxi once. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drop me off in Mary Hill, please. And I just threw up everywhere. It was. It was an appropriate reaction. Why Mary Hill? You didn't live anywhere near Mary Hill. I was staying in Mary. I was staying at somebody's house in Mary Hill. Ah, right, okay. <laughs> First night out in Glasgow. Oh. Glorious. Uh, he eventually get makes his way to his apartment. Nice apartment. Yeah, very nice apartment. Mm-hmm. And this is where David then speaks to his colleague. Oh, his before, boss. Well, no, before that, you see him eating. And, like, you, see oh, yeah, you see him eating and he immediately throws up yeah, when he sees himself eating. <laughs> yeah, because he can see the food in the He struggles to eat because he can't see his own hands. Which is, like, completely, like... <sighs> right. Humans have more than five senses, one of which, I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically the sense of knowing where your limbs are at all times without having to look at them, right? Sure. This was discovered a very, very, like, while this film was being made, I imagine, right? Like, no, sorry, not while it was being made, but before then. Like, we've known that this was a thing that humans have, okay? Okay. With that in mind, this scene is complete and utter bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> you would not struggle to eat if you couldn't see your hands because you could still it's pure muscle memory if I you can, know how to 
Yeah, but like, I can I understand can... he's using chopsticks, but with the amount of Chinese food that's in his house, it's assumed that he knows how to use them. So like he wouldn't struggle with that at all. I know, but I can kind of forgive that if it's, if at right. I must preface this. If this movie was a comedy, I could forgive that. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> if it was a comedy, I would forgive it. But this film plays itself seriously. Uh-huh. As though this is a genuine side effect of that, that he struggles to eat. Mm-hmm. Because he can't see his hands, which yeah. is bullshit. Because you have that fucking sense. You know where your hands are. Like, without looking at my hands right now, I know that I'm, you know, they're down by my size. I know that I'm fucking gesturing to a thing. I can grab this fucking pen without looking at it and spark it across yeah. the room. Because I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think it also would have been cool. You kind of see it a little bit. I forgot to mention this, but you kind of see it a little bit when he wakes up after the whole accident thing. He's like, oh, yeah. moving around was like moving in a dream. Yeah. It would have been cool if there was more like first person like moving around. It would have looked like the camera movements from the Evil Dead, but it would have been. But it would have been. Yeah, it would have cool. been a little bit cool. But, yeah. they but they don't do anything more of that. But yeah, he he goes to sleep, <laughs> forgets that he's invisible again, and secretary calls him, tells her that he's ill. Yeah, yeah. Um, but quickly remembers when he looks at his hands and then sees himself in the mirror answering the phone. Yeah. Uh, David speaks with his colleague and convinces him not to report on the Invisible Man. Instead, simply report that the building disappeared and that the Invisible Man doesn't have, doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Reasoning that if they find him, he would be the most useful intelligence asset on the planet. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Which is true, he yeah. would be. That's what our whole movie Invisible Agent is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. So Nick calls off. Isn't that also? Isn't that also what the? So in that most recent Invisible Man movie, isn't that what the suit was made for? It's been a while since I've seen it. I did like it. I did enjoy that movie. I didn't like that movie. <laughs> I, I really liked it. I thought it was great. I didn't like it. It was. I think it was like a James Bond kind of gadget thing. But I would need to go back and watch the movie to remind myself. Mm. But yeah. But anyway, hey. Nick calls off sick to his work. And then sees a SWAT team outside of his building. This is where it start. This is where it feels like a John Carpenter movie again. Yeah, because but, it's, but, but, but here's, once again they fuck it up because everyone in there is wearing infrared goggles, so they can all see him, except for the two cunts they sent to his front door. Yeah, but to be fair though, he's those are the only agents that don't have fucking goggles. Oh right, I thought you meant like the. Oh, right, I thought you meant like they had them, but they didn't see them. Yeah, no, yeah. The only agents that yeah. they do not give goggles are the ones they send to intercept the cunt. Instead, they what do they like give a them? Spray a paint. fucking spray, a fucking spray paint gun. I will say though that there was a bit. Who the fuck wrote this shit? Man? Leading, like, up, oh, God. leading up to that, but uh, leading up to that, but there yeah. was a bit that made me laugh. <laughs> it's like he's trying to find his invisible clothes again. Oh yeah, and he's like <laughs> missing. Yeah. This, like that. That's quite funny. That was, yeah, that's that. quite funny. But um, but no, this is where it starts to feel like a Carpenter movie again. You see him like he avoid. He manages to avoid the two guys that we said. Barely, about. and once again, a good bit of physical comedy as he's knocked off of the the balcony and he, like gets his hands stood mm. on and his foot stood <laughs> on and all that. He's ringing the fucking doorbell for the, his downstairs neighbour. Then he fucking floors. Oh up. yeah, <laughs> this poor wee old woman gets absolutely fucking decked by the door. Yeah, and she gets. I was like, I must have slipped. <laughs> How the fuck? How senile is this poor woman? Oh, you seem like such a nice young man. Did he kill someone? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, couldn't be that nice then, could he? Oh, fucking hell. Were those darts actually killing people? 
No, 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 because no, 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 you see, yeah, yeah, because you see. Tranquilizer that. Yeah, because they, they get some guy that's <laughs> just kind of sitting, chilling, having his morning coffee. Yeah, and then he goes face down into his dinner. But this is another part that felt like a very Carpenter-esque thing, you know. Um, he, he's, he's trying to escape uh, uh, Jenkins and his lackey, and... Uh, you know they're on the street. Jenkins yeah, yeah. does another. Jenkins does another sort of monologue thing, and this is where again, where it's like he doesn't know if he's still there. He, I can't remember exactly what he says to him. He, he just says "fuck you," man. He's just like "fuck you." And then <laughs> he just goes "fuck you, man," and then runs away. Yeah, I was like, that's very Carpenter. <laughs> I I thought. See, you say very Carpenter. I immediately went back to my early internet days and thought, "fuck me, it's Pink Guy." <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like. I I could have. I I would have. I could have seen like. Fucking Kurt Russell, Snake Plissken saying that, you know. Just yeah, it's like, fuck you, and then runs away. Yeah, but. <laughs> but this is where, this is also where I'm thinking, like, if this movie was a comedy, they could have had some fun shit going on here. Because this is technically a montage. They, yeah, because they could have very easily had, like, a good running gag where Sam Neill is, like, frequently talking to no one. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. But I'm talking about what happens immediately after this. So like, he's talking about, oh, I just wandered the streets, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see him just wandering around, and he's like being all sad and mopey, and you know, sad boy hours, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but like, if this was a Chevy Chase comedy movie, they could have had some like. They could have some levity, like sort of vignettes in uh-huh. here, yeah. Of him getting up to some shit, you know. But yeah. no, they don't. He's just wandering like a little sad boy. But you know. Yeah. <sighs> uh, eventually, he finds the doctor that was in charge of the project and asks him to turn them back. I also want to say, right, this doctor is played by a guy called Jim Norton, right? Jim Norton is the shit. It's not the Jim Norton I thought it was, though. Was it not? No. <laughs> Did you think it was? I thought it was the comedian Jim Norton that was on like Opie and Anthony all the time. No, no, no. Well, you see the name Jim Norton, and I'm sitting there like, oh, yeah, yeah of course. Okay, fair enough. Of course, but no, it wasn't him. <laughs> and I was very disappointed. I was, I really wanted the fucking, I really wanted Jim Norton. I, all I saw was he was playing Professor or Doctor, whatever. I was really hoping it would be him with his thick New York accent being like, <laughs> he's like, oh, I could get a fucking for you, you know, I could get the cure. Uh, yeah. You motherfucker, you. But no, it's just some old guy. Fuck that. The cure, hang on the cure, Robert Smith, right? <laughs> the cure, suck your ass. <laughs> I'm Jim Norton. <laughs> but then, like, then like one of the CIA guys, he's also perving on some woman. Yeah, perving on a woman so hard that he completely misses the fact that the Invisible Man is right there. And he's standing right next to her. Yeah. It's not like he's, like, looking yeah, at her from a distance. He's yeah, just he's standing like, right next to her. He's right fucking there. He's as close to her as I am to you. Right now he's fucking fried. She can see he can see the whites of her eyes. Yeah. yeah so Nick finds the doctor and asks him to turn him back, uh, only to discover that the invisibility had fuck all to do with the research being carried out. Yeah, it was yeah and Nick's <laughs> condition is a complete accident. <laughs> the doctor's just like, show me the rest of you. A little horny bastard. He's invisible. What's he horny for? Air? <laughs> but the only time that somebody, you know, you show somebody something of yourself and they're like, show me the rest of you. That's, that's a bit yeah, I'll give you that. That sounds a bit. The, the only uh, thing that could have made it even more horny was if you asked him to give him a twirl, you know? Was <laughs> <laughs> that a chocolate bar? <laughs> oh, give me Euro- a twirl. European yeah. chocolate, much better than our Hershey's shit. Yeah, it tastes like fucking vomit. Yeah. Yeah, fuck you, America. Your chocolate shit. Two cereals are alright, though. They're not chocolate, though. They're, um. Like, yeah, they're. They're like fudge or something. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. 
shortly after this, he is discovered by the G-Men. The Doctor is shot with a tranquilizer dart. And we get a very short chase sequence. Where How does Mick, he get away? He strips off. <laughs> yeah, he runs away while stripping. It's like that uh, bit in um, quite. It's like Fantastic Four. Yeah, it's because of Jessica Alpert just like fucking yeah. getting naked. Uh, he eventually <laughs> escapes. Uh, meanwhile, we see Alice in the restaurant being stood up by Nick. Mm-hmm. Uh, she phones his office, learns he's sick. Uh, we learn that the G-Men are monitoring his phone calls going through the office. What's the name? Alice Monroe? Alice Monroe, yes. Mm. Uh, so Nick, we then cut to Nick sleeping on top of a pool ca- table at the men's club. So he's made the, the men's club his kind of de facto base for now. And it's time for a dream sequence. Oh my wasn't fucking the, god. Wasn't the dream sequence in the house though? Nope. No. It's when he's on the pool table. Is it? Yep. So, in this dream sequence, everyone's like super stoked to see Nick, uh, which is how we know it's a dream sequence because people are happy to look at Chevy Chase. Uh, and the <laughs> people cheer for him. People cheer for him after pretty much he does anything. Like he went, he hits a tennis ball. Yeah. People cheer. He's playing pool. People are cheering after him. Uh, the, this all culminates in an intimate encounter with Alice. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of, um, do you remember that whole dream sequence in Dumb and Dumber? Oh yeah, it's the truck lights, yeah. She's got tit lights, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so just as Nick removes his rose, we see the incredible invisible cock. Uh, <laughs> there's just basically a... It's like the, it's like his dick's been airbrushed out. It's like the erase tool in Photoshop. Like it's yeah. just been completely fucking gone. <laughs> and then fucking out of nowhere, fucking David Jenkins pops up and is just like missing something. I mean, that, that, got, that made me laugh. You know. And the the dream sequence ends. That bit was good. It made me laugh. I liked it. I was terrified of the full thing. Oh. <laughs> so was the editing man we had to scrub it out. Oh yeah, he actually would have had. Maybe to. he was wearing like. Uh, oh my god trunks or a sock or something a green screen g-string <laughs> they just did with the red hot chili peppers they just wear socks on their on their cocks but... <laughs> so it's at this point that Nick makes his way to like the, the office of like the we'll call, for the purposes of this we'll call them G-men just to I mean they are save, yeah. just to save his time they're basically we'll just call them G-men and stakes the place out from the inside he like matches the guy's footsteps so that he's not making noise which I thought was really clever and he follows him inside and hides in David Jenkins's office trying to learn as much as he can about his condition from the people hunting him down mm. now he's in the office on his own and he goes through the desk the desk drawers trying to find some kind of file or something what does he find? a fucking Beretta uh, <laughs> You know it's a you know it's a nineties action movie when there's a Beretta front and centre. I'll just say that that gun is fucking everywhere. Yeah, either that or uh, Walter PPK. Nah, that's more James Bond territory. That didn't really mm. get that didn't really get big until. Or the other one that yeah, there is one that they use in one of the Pierce Brosnan James Bond movies. It's like the the upgrade to the PPK. <laughs> Was it PK9 or something? I can't remember, but yeah. Nah, that's fucking Ness from, uh, that's fucking Ness from Super Smash Bros. PK Fire! <laughs> Aye, Pierce Brosnan's just fucking, we fucking Ness at people, man. Yeah, just throwing small children. <laughs> what gets ammunition? 
<laughs> Pick them up and use them as a weapon. Bond, I told you to kill them, not use them. <laughs> I told you to get them alive, not kill them. The children killed them, not me. <laughs> you threw the children in your gun. <laughs> Listen here, you Cold War relic. <laughs> I hate you, you misogynist. I hate Cold War relic. That's fucking great. That's what she calls him? Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a great line. <laughs> but uh, how Nick gives himself away is so fucking dumb yeah see this is why I can't rob houses you know I'll just fucking crack my knees yeah so he he goes to the <laughs> so, so he gives himself away eventually it's late at night David's clearly burning the midnight oil and he stretches his legs out and his ankle cracks mm-hmm. and David hears this and he's like oh fuck what and David does something really clever he fakes a yawn yawning is contagious mm-hmm so this causes Nick to audibly yawn, confirming that he's in the room. Yawning's contagious unless you're autistic, apparently. That's a scientific fact. Really? Uh-huh. I didn't know apparently, that. Apparently people with Asperger's or autism, they don't do that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I never knew so. that. Bet Chevy Chase wishes he was autistic now. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. If I were a religious man, I would pray for you every day. Because oh, I worry about you. <laughs> As a person, I worry about you. <laughs> oh, fuck me. But anyway, this leads to <laughs> what might be my favourite scene in the movie. Uh, this, which is just this conversation between David and Nick. Mm-hmm. It's tense as hell. Sam Neill gives a great performance as this like menacing, manipulative government agent. Chevy mm-hmm. Chase actually manages to do deliver a very good, like almost unhinged performance it's, later on. It feels to me like this might have been filmed like you know one of the first few things they might have done when everybody had enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. This feels <laughs> like yeah. This John was, Carpenter kind of cared. <laughs> yeah, this feels like it was filmed early in the process. Mm-hmm. As like a proof of concept kind of thing. Maybe. Maybe. And this is where we get that perfectly unhinged uh, line from uh, Nick where David threatens, it's like, we'll get you eventually, we'll get you, you'll be sleeping and we'll come for you. And Nick just straight up says, I don't, I don't sleep so good anymore. I can see through my eyelids, like through the top of my head. He I, can get see, <laughs> I get wall-eyed. I get crazy. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? He starts just going mental and he holds a gun to Sam Neill's head. We get some good physical acting from Sam Neill. We get some great physical acting from he's, Sam Neill. He's, he's just walking by himself, but he's like bent. Yeah, like, but he's like bent over backwards. Like, he's got <laughs> his a hand up his back. Like, I just know he says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really fucking good. Nick then gets him, fucks off and escapes to a friend's summer house. Uh, McKean's. Where he proceeds to order a bunch of clear foods. He says, my doctor says I can only eat clear foods. I was trying to think what, what would constitute as clear foods, right? Water. Yeah. Ice. Um, yeah. Isn't there some kind of... Jello. Depends what flavour, but yeah. Isn't there some kind of noodle that's like... Yeah, 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 you get like certain noodles that are like that, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, basically he's going to die of malnutrition. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> really watered down soup. Yeah, he's drinking vodka or something, is he? Or he's drinking a hundred proof vodka, yeah. Yeah. Or he could just go all the way and just drink uh, Everclear. <laughs> I think it is Everclear. Jesus Christ. But, uh, Have you had Everclear? N- never, because I'm not a fucking moron. 
Uh, Everclear is for those not know because I don't think we really get it over here. No, not really. You need to go to like specific like shops to get it. Yeah, Everclear is like pure grain alcohol. It is um, essentially it's like <laughs> one step below just pure ethanol. <laughs> It'll turn you blind, basically. Yeah. Good stuff. It's like one step below pure ethanol, right? So yeah. like you know, if you drink that enough of it, you probably you might probably die. go blind. Yeah, but it, it's popular in America for like uh, people who mixing are, drinks. Yeah. Yeah, who are just yeah who are just starting off drinking because yeah. like it has no flavor, so like people mix it with whatever the fuck. So Gatorade. I heard Mountain Dew most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, but apparently if you drink it by itself, it is disgusting. So yeah, yeah well, it would be, wouldn't it? it? Just burns your mouth. But, yeah. So Nick's flawless plan here is quickly is proved to not be that. Oh, no, 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 we're missing a bit. The delivery boy who delivers the food, he's uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's looking over shit to steal, and uh, and he just goes, "Hey, Dick, you know, what is it he calls him? Dick Ward. Hey, Dick Ward." Yeah. just runs away but it's great it's quite like, funny yeah they could have done more stuff like that like you yeah have, like, he was like fucking with people yeah thinking it make people think that wherever building they're in is haunted or some shit yeah but, uh, no they don't <laughs> it's so much wasted potential in this movie and man. they kind of do do a comedic bit as well like um during this whole sequence of events where like he goes out for a jog wearing like the the, the Harvard t-shirt and the clothes and all that shit yeah yeah and he's running like, on the beach and the guy doesn't notice him because he's fishing or whatever the fuck yeah he just goes morning yeah, and they don't do anything else. That's that to me screams of like. The, have you seen the original Invisible Man? Oh uh, no. There's moments like that in the original. Mm. As well, where he's just like morning, and people are like, "What? What the fuck?" And there's like a lot of like double takes and things like that. Uh, there's bits where he just starts fucking with people, like he just he takes off his shirt and just jogs down the road, and so like skips through town as just a pair of trousers, and people are like freaking the fuck out as he's Ooh. skipping and singing a merry tune. <laughs> There's great moments like that throughout the original, which could have translated really well to uh, Chevy Chase's particular style of comedic acting. But no, he's a serious actor in this movie. He doesn't do that. Prick. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Fully paid up, card carrying asshole. <laughs> but then uh, Michael McKean and his wife and. And Alice, Alice and, and some guy this random guy with the best fucking voice I known to mankind guy. I looked up this guy uh, he is the son of uh, the former Beatles manager anyway yeah mad but his voice is glorious I love this man's voice so much it kind of reminds me of um, it reminds me of a, <laughs> of a dollar store Julian Sands see I was thinking Sideshow Bob Hmm. Yeah. A little bit like that kind of. Well, he's yeah, kind he's of kinda got that voice, but he looks like Sideshow Bob's brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck! I forgot he had a brother. Yeah. Uh, Those episodes were pretty good. Mm-hmm. He's played yeah Sideshow Bob's brother. What's his name? Cyril? Something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. He's played by his yeah. uh, Fraser co-star. Yeah. David yeah. Hyde Pierce. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah okay. Well, this guy's great. Well, I say he's great. He, uh, no, he's a dick. The actor's good. The actor's <laughs> great. It's a great performance, but the character... Do you keep a gun in the house? He says yeah. some, like, proper snobby shit, like, because they, they, they figure out that somebody's been staying in the house. Um, yeah. They open the fridge, and there's like, oh, caviar and wine. It's like, that's what I love about... Such that's what I love about it out here. You get a better class of burglar. <laughs> what the fuck? Mm. 
And then this is where we see naked Chevy Chase again because they're checking all the rooms. And yeah, and he's hiding. But he's like, son of a bitch wore my clothes. <laughs> see, that's, again, great comedic acting. Mm-hmm. And it's these tiny, wasted in these tiny wee moments mm-hmm. of a film that is so very clearly up its own ass. Yeah, there's another bit of this sort of comedy where they're, do, where they're discussing whether um, they think Nick's dead or not because uh, the guy... <laughs> oh yeah, the, guy, the, the epic voice guy. <laughs> he suggests that he probably just walked. Who we met later called find it's out. Richard, it's, it's yeah, it's yeah, he's, yeah, he's a light dick. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm gonna die alone, aren't I? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some fucking things you are. You absolute cunt. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is the difference between a friend and a best friend. <laughs> I mean, a friend would console you a best friend I mean, will go fucking yeah yeah I mean don't we all die alone in the end <laughs> fuck you Hemingway yeah. <laughs> did he say that I don't know <laughs> he probably did at some point I don't know but yeah Richard suggests that you uh, you know that he, like, he just walked out into the ocean yeah and then uh, he stands up oh, he pretends that yeah because he pretends that he's talking to his ghost yeah yeah and he's like Nick, if you are here, give us some sort of sign in television. Mysteriously like, turns on. Oh, sorry, I think they're leaving. Yeah. But the television mysteriously turns on, and everyone's like, "What the fuck is that?" He then stands up and reveals he's holding the remote. I actually got me all of it. Yeah, he then stands up and reveals he's holding the remote. Yeah, and then his trousers <laughs> fall down. Oh yeah, uh, Chevy Chase pulls his trousers down. <laughs> he pants as a man. Yeah, Michael McKean's looking at him as if like, because <laughs> the, the the scene ends with a lingering shot of Michael McKean's face after that. It just kind of looks at him as like, oh my god, he's packing heat. <laughs> a huge dick. <laughs> Good lord, that guy is uh, wow. Uh, no, that's what Smuggies, smuggling budgies. <laughs> yeah, um, is this where the attempted uh, rape is? See, I don't right. It's a fucking weird scene, man. But it does come to that point, right? So, this is the point where we get the rec. What it appears we're going to be getting the requisite creepy scene that, for some fucking reason, is in every modern Invisible Man film, where the Invisible Man spies on a chick changing, right? But it doesn't happen. Thankfully, it doesn't happen. Mm. As and but instead is interrupted by a far fucking worse scene. Yeah, but Richard like, begins to he attempts to chat up Alice he starts with a charismatic approach and he's like fuck this isn't working my okay, wife left me I'm going to go for the pity approach starts crying telling her his wife left him and shit and he's been a mess and we get a great shot of Chevy Chase as he looks at the guy with this ultimate face of just like who the fuck does this cunt think he's kidding him yeah. just the utter bewilderment the t- scene then takes a turn when Alice sits next to him tries to console him and Richard just grabs Alice throws her to the bed and goes yeah. to kiss her yeah not even like any sort of like it's not yeah. even like a, it's not even like a, there's no subtlety about it he fully just fucking like forces her to the bed and tries and kisses her aha uh-huh, sex yeah <laughs> that's not the line uh, but it might as well be <laughs> I'm pretty sure he says something like take me or some shit like that Mm. but uh, <laughs> she yeah. says no Richard is then thrown off of her with some amount of force yes. by Chevy Chase 
I did think it was kind of funny though how um, he says uh, you know he says to her he asked her not to tell anybody about it and I thought you were going to say don't say I tried anything but no he, what he says is don't tell anybody I cried yeah yeah <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. So he's fine. He's fine with people knowing that he's an attempted rapist, but mm. he's but the fact that he cried. Oh God, no, God, no, <laughs> didn't cry. No, that's horrible. And then like uh, Jeffy Chase is walking on the beach. He sees uh, Michael McKeon's wife getting down to it a little bit. Then he fucking jizzes in his pants. Unfortunately, yeah. And he's like, "Give me ten minutes. I'll be like, he's really look at the moon or something." <laughs> that was funny. Later on, they call back to that a little bit because, like, uh, what was it? Richard's like, "Well, at least you got it. You got laid." He doesn't say laid. I can't. Something got laid. Yeah. He's like, "It's just Ellen." Yeah. (laughs) I thought that's quite funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh well. (laughs) But uh, anyway, I'm gonna be honest. It was round about this point where I kind of zoned out quite a lot. Yeah, because that's nothing really happens. Yeah. So. During this walk in the across the beach, Nick admits to himself that he is in love with Alice. So After to her once, but speaking okay. to her like once and having a romantic encounter in a fucking bar bathroom. Oh, we've all been there. He decides that he's in love with a woman, and so he moves literally one house over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he calls her. <laughs> And calls her from that house. Now, put yourself in Alice's shoes, okay? Mm-hmm. For a moment here. Let's. I'm gonna. Let's. I'm gonna walk you through a hypothetical here, Jacob. Okay. Okay. So, put yourself in Alice's situation. You are retreating. You've had a bit of a rough time. You know, work is slow. Mm-hmm. You're at this retreat with friends. You have been physically assaulted by a man. Yeah. Yeah. You then get a phone call from a total fucking stranger at first. Who claims to be a man that you think is dead, or at the very least, or at the very stood least, you up. stood you up and fucked off and yeah. disappeared Don't off the face of the earth? Yeah. This man then requests that you meet him at a loc- at a location where no one else will know you're there. It's down the street. Just down the street in a completely empty building that is under renovation. <laughs> and also requests you not to tell anyone else where you're going. My question for you is this. How quickly do you find a knife? Uh, fairly <laughs> quick. Yeah. I like, hang up the phone yeah, and I just kind of be like... Go on with the rest of your day. You don't do anything with that information. You, As, as a smart human being, you, you, fucking, you leave that. Like, that is gone. <laughs> that is clearly a heavy breather crank collar, right? I would probably tell the people I'm with. Immediately. Yeah, be like, yo, somebody yeah, phoned up This the fucking creep phone is claiming to be Nick. Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> However, Alice doesn't decide that because she is the main character in a Chevy Chase production. So naturally, Cornelius production. So fuck that <laughs> Chevy Chase production. Cornelius. She is. She is a She is a character in a Chevy Chase production. So naturally, she has to be sexually attracted to Chevy Chase. So she goes to meet him. <laughs> yeah. and he's dressed up like the proper and after all this time we get the classic invisible man costume with the robe the cravat the bandages the goggles the hat everything what the fuck was that person living in that house doing with all that shit uh, it's Hugh Hefner's house yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so we get the classic thing is Nick reassures Alice that it is really him we then get a recreation of the classic scene uh, as he removes the hat and removes the bandages. Yes, when I go after. 
Yeah, like I said, it's, a, it's not a complete remake, it's a recreation mm-hmm. of the scene. Uh, Alice then faints. Rightfully so. <laughs> I feel like that was that's a fair reaction to seeing that. Yeah. Uh, we then get David being confronted by his boss with this with a line that makes me very fucking uneasy. Well, I'm gonna cut off your testicles and lightly fry them. No, no, no. That's 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 fine. That's villain shit. And this right? guy over here, we. <laughs> yeah, that's villain shit. That's fine. The line that makes me really uneasy. I will not let you turn this, this into a fiasco like the one you caused in Iran. <laughs> Think about when this movie was released. Oh man, the CIA were up to And when this movie was written. Ah, the CIA were doing all sorts of crazy shit in the 80s. Is David responsible for several war crimes? <laughs> but that's the question I need to ask. Is David responsible for Al-Qaeda? Yes! And the Taliban? And I think he might be. By extension, ISIS? That, with, with that line, I think he might be. Hmm. And they were also talking about stuff he did in... Uh, oh, they called it the uh, German... Fallujah or some shit. No, they were talking about Germany, but I can't remember if it was East Germany or West Germany that he was talking about. So I can't remember either, but it's fucked up. Yeah. But anyway, we we cut from that scene. Did David fund the fucking uh, <laughs> the Contras? That's what I'm thinking. Like, there's some there's some seriously <laughs> fucked up repercussions from that one line, and I don't think they thought about it when they wrote it. I think they were just thinking of like, or you know, pick a country that's in turmoil that the CIA would go to, and then like you know accuse them of being like heavy handed or some shit like you know we see that same line in like so many spy movies it's fucking unreal you know I won't let you turn this into another fiasco you, like insert country here did right? you overturn that democratically led nation turn it into a dictatorship so that we could have America, so we could have allies that hated communism did you do that Jenkins but yeah with the <laughs> historical context that line is fucked <laughs> because of the country they picked for that line it is fucking disgraceful and it, it has some implications <laughs> that I don't fucking like. <laughs> it makes this film very uncomfortable to watch. I don't know. It's fine. I mean, <laughs> I would, I would, he's a spy. Would, where else is he going to cause shit? I mean, you can't really go like, oh, did you cause all that shit in, uh, I don't know, Estonia? When was the last time Estonia was in the news? Yeah, exactly. So pick there then. And that way there's no implications and it works just as well as a line. But instead they made it disturbing as fuck. Do you see where I'm coming from yeah, there, Jacob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could have picked anywhere. They could have said any country in the fucking world. Yeah. And it would have been fine. It's, he's a CIA guy. I, I, I can accept it. They could have said fucking Syracuse and it would have been fine. But no. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? What would you do with Syracuse? I don't fucking know, but I just finished playing Fallout New Vegas and it's on my mind. So, from this fucking baffling scene, that for all intents and purposes could be completely cut from the movie. No, I, I'm going to stand for this scene, right? With I the think it's fine. Line. I think it's fine, no, him saying that he's, he did all that shit in Afghanistan, because that just leads me, you know, because if. The CIA are a um, is even is there even a point in saying allegedly at this point? The no. CIA are kind of the CIA are kind of fucked up, especially in the eighties and the night, especially since their inception. Uh, they did have a lot of shit to do in Afghanistan. I think it just I think it just uses you know works as if say like you know, yeah. Jenkins is a bit fucked, you know. So yeah, I, I think it's fine. Yeah. You know, I have no problem with that. 
<laughs> I mean, if American Dad can make fun of it. <laughs> yeah, but, like, there's... There's a difference in that American hey, Dad is a, a straight hey, up... Hey, no, I there's mean, a difference in that American Dad is a straight up comedy. This film is a drama with comedic moments throughout it. I mean, is it, Again, even, is it, worse, is it any worse than James Bond teaming up with the Taliban? No, but that's still <laughs> fucked. Or or Rambo three. Still fucked. <laughs> being, being dedicated to. Yeah, still fucked. To the up. Still fucked. Uh, anyway, uh. so we cut from this scene to Alice, who is now awake and surprisingly chill with everything that's going on. Uh, apparently, all she needed was a nap, and now she's just fucking fine with and being invisible. I mean, she's married to New Young. She probably had a lot of smoke as well. True. Yeah. Speaking of smoke, this is where we get our favorite special effect of the movie. Mhm. When Nick takes a drag of a cigarette, we see his lungs fill with smoke, and then when he exhales, we th- see the smoke leave his body. It's really fucking cool. And the pair discuss setting up a sort of shell company, basically, together. Yeah, he's going to be a Bitcoin king. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> going to be a Bitcoin king. Uh, while George lashes in Did from the know, outside. Speaking of Bitcoin, by the way. Go on. Did you know that nobody actually knows who made Bitcoin? Yeah, it's a complete mystery. That's fucked up. That's wild. Yeah, I know, isn't it? Yeah. There's like all these theories and shit. Like, yeah, but maybe no, some, it just it just appeared on the internet. Yeah, maybe some random guy in Japan. And he's got a fuck ton of it, so he's probably so he's like wealthy as fuck. So like, yeah. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> he's he's gonna become a Bitcoin king. Yes. And, uh, uh, so George and Richard, the creepy voice man, uh, discuss this. Stating, I would say it's a creepy voice. His voice is cool. No, he is man, creepy. Man and himself he is, is creepy. Yeah, he is creepy, and he has a voice, so mm. he is the creepy voice man. Uh, there's commas in there <laughs> the creepy voice man uh, discussed this stating that she might be and I quote schizo <laughs> not a cool phrase to use I think even in 1992 I don't think that was all that cool oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's also a bit where like um, she's been gone for a while because she's at that house down the street yeah. and like oh she did go running on the beach beautiful woman like that and he's like well I wouldn't worry about it too much she's strong as a bull strong as an ox <laughs> ah whatever same animal <laughs> no here they are are they? yeah nah cow what'd you call me? hook, line and sinker a fucking cow <laughs> George later phones a friend to let them know that Nick Holloway is not dead because he raided his fridge. Yeah. Uh, this then tips off the government agents who are, of course, still wiretapping into the conversation. Is it still raiding? Is it still raiding your fridge though? If you're adding food to the fridge, and any, and anything the fridge, the food that you added. Mm. Yes, because the stuff is still building his name. Oh. Oh, yeah, he so he ran up a he ran up a five hundred dollar food bill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Alice stays at the beach house with George's permission to provide cover for Nick. Mm-hmm. We then get a scene where Alice does Nick's makeup so she can finally see him. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> terrifying. It didn't really hold up too well. <laughs> I'm sure in 1992 this looked shit hot. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Um, but oh my days it's terrifying like mm. he has no eyes or teeth he's just a floating <laughs> face yeah yeah it's, it looks pretty bad so um, the two attempt to go out for dinner mm-hmm. uh, Nick wearing clothes designed to conceal his invisible parts with false teeth and makeup giving him a face 
He then goes to take a drink, dabs his mouth, the makeup comes off, and he looks like a fucking zombie. So they realise they fucked it and they leave, the scene ultimately amounting to fuck all, could have been cut out of the film entirely and would have made no difference whatsoever. Yeah. There's a there's a line that said like really uh, quite early in the movie, after mm-hmm. you uh, get turned into uh, <laughs> after he escapes actually from the the mm-hmm. office complex, Stephen Toblowski says something like, He could be dead in the streets somewhere. That just got me thinking like what the even <laughs> Would they even know? <laughs> yeah, it would be like... Would it just be some... people tripping up over this random bit? Yeah, this invisible dead guy who just keeps rolling yeah. and stuff. That would be pretty kind of cool, but... Mm. No, it would be fucked up. Yeah, that's a good idea, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> invisible corpses. Mm-hmm. Invisible zombies. That has to be done at some point. Probably. <laughs> by some really low budget film director that has more ideas than ability <laughs> or someone that just couldn't afford the extras and they're like fuck it the zombies are invisible isn't that, what happened, isn't that what happened in the Supergirl movie where like uh, they ran out of special effects budget so the monster had to be invisible I don't know I've not seen the Supergirl movie and we will be doing the DC movies at some point <laughs> fuck yeah we will <laughs> stay tuned so Alice then tries to console Nick by giving him the positives of being invisible, which include thing, things like Ike uh, being a peeping Tom, um, <laughs> grand larceny, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. See this? See, I mean, <laughs> this is where we should have had a sort of montage of him doing these things. No, not necessarily peeping Tom, <laughs> no. but like fun things, like cool claims, like yes. robbing cunts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, we get none of that. Yeah. Uh, they then make their way to. So it, it then becomes apparent that the G Men have found them. So Nick and Alice are forced to flee, and they make their way to a train station. Why do they just fucking head to like? Right, this is just me. Right, so they've made their way to the train station at this yeah, point. Yeah, but this is this is just what I was thinking when I was watching this movie. Right, I was thinking like if I was invisible and there was people after me, right, they can't see me. Right. They can, they've got infrared goggles. But at that point, they couldn't see him, right? And he knows they're trying to kill him, or at least capture him, like they did that fucking scientist, because they killed him. You see a... Yeah, you see like a news headline. Jim Norton dead, it's New York man. He's in Spider-Man, remember him? He's in a... I don't know who he is, but I don't like him. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Norton. But anyway, um, yeah, I was like, why not, right? Because it's America, right? America's a big place. Why not just get on a fucking Greyhound bus? Nobody get, nobody in the right mind travels in Greyhound buses, and they'd be easy as fuck to hide on. Jack Reacher does. I guess because Tom Cruise just wants to appear normal. No, but not like, Tom Cruise, Jack Reacher. I'm talking the, the good Jack Reacher. Oh, all right. I got a bus to Reading, and that took me like fourteen hours going down. That shit hurt my arse, you know. Fucking hell. I feel I really want to just cut out the first one and just say that shit hurt my ass and then just have you say that. <laughs> I mean we've all been there. <laughs> Fucking bus journeys are no joke. Nobody nobody will would be willing to actually do them unless they had to. So yeah. he would he could just hide on a bus. Nobody checks these things. Unless yeah, so just go in there. Hide out in some I don't know, some where is he, San Francisco? You could go up north into the forests. <laughs> or he could go to the south to the deserts I don't know or you know if he's invisible he could just uh, actually you know 
I was going to say you could just go to Mexico because the CIA don't operate there, but silly me. I mean, they just go anywhere. <laughs> Cunts. Uh, so they plan to board the train to San Diego and then cross the border to Mexico. Mm. Uh, Nick laments getting Alice involved in this mess and encourages her to get on the train without him. It's at this point that it starts raining and Alice is able to see Nick properly. Yeah. Nick that is actually pretty impressive. Taken it? aback by this. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good effect and a surprisingly beautiful one as well. <laughs> kind of reminded me of. You're going to hate me. Oh God, what did it remind you of? Remember Daredevil? The Ben Affleck movie? Oh my God, I know exactly <laughs> what you're fucking talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it reminded me of that bit. When it, when it rains and you can see everything, like... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> Marvel series coming soon. The director's cut of that film is actually pretty decent. I have the director's cut of that movie. Pretty good, isn't it? Coolio, isn't it? Yeah. Marvel series coming soon. Yeah. Uh, So, Nick is taken aback by this. She looks him directly in the eye. Completely unprompted by Nick, is able to look him in the eye. Uh, The two then get out of the rain and share a kiss. Now, this is the point that I want to make, right? Mm -hmm. Are there any bystanders watching all this shit? If so, what the fuck does she look like? I didn't notice anybody in that part, but there is a there is a bit right at the end of the movie where I was thinking, like, what the fuck are they seeing, by the way? Yeah. Like, right at the end of the movie when they're walking off into the night together, you know? Mm-hmm. They're, like, they're, like, hugging each other while walking, right? They would just see some woman just being, like... With her arm out, yeah. <laughs> also, there is a scene, I think prior to this, I believe it takes place at the beach house. Try to go through my notes. Oh no, sorry, I tell you, it's it's a little bit later on. Uh, it's actually here it takes place. Uh, the two get out of the rain, share a kiss. We then cut to the two in bed together. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, we cut to the two in bed together, which implies some form of invisible fucking. There's Entity also, fucking. Yeah. yeah, there's some casual sectarianism in this scene as well. <laughs> When they're talking back and forth, and she wonders, oh, how would I ever tell my mother that I'm with you? Mm-hmm. And Chevy Chase has actually quite a good joke here, where he's like, you know, he's very honest with me, he's transparent. He's, you know, that's, you know, got a little chuckle out of me. Mm-hmm. And she asks him, are you Catholic? <laughs> he says, no. She says, that might be a problem. What did she say earlier that she's from Boston? So that kind of makes sense. Yeah, but also, what the fuck? Uh, so anyway... I mean, her name is Mon- her name's Monroe. I think isn't that Irish? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, Irish Catholics from Boston. Yeah. No, just uh, true. But uh, the G-men follow the train after finding surveillance photos of Alice getting on board. So they now know for a certain that Alice and Nick are together. Uh, yeah, and this leads me to conclude that every sort of spy-esque movie needs to end on a fucking train. It seems to happen quite a lot. This film doesn't end on a train though. Well, it needs to have it a train. It ends in a build site. Okay, well, it needs to have a train sequence. Yeah. Uh, happens a fuck ton. Uh, yeah, something about trains and spy movies, just always a thing. I think it was because <laughs> most, of the, most of these spy movies took place outside of America, like Europe and that. Yeah, I yeah. Guess, I guess train travel in America is kind of seen as classy if it's in Europe. So, I suppose so, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Pardon me. You can't really have spies on the Amtrak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, oh, Alice leaves the cabin to go and get some food and runs directly into Sam Neill. 
Mm -hmm. uh, she's then captured by the G-men. And well, I know that they're supposed to look threatening. But with their goggles on, they look stupid as fuck. Yeah, there's one bit as well. They look like... You, they came who they look like. They look like they cunts at a fucking night trap for the Mega Drive. Mind that shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking... They look like those cunts. There is a bit where Samuel... Um, like grabs the thing off of someone and puts yeah, it in his face. Yeah, he puts it in his face and starts running a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like, so dumb. Just has a little waddle up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they manage to tag Nick with a trank dart, but it doesn't take effect right away. Mm -hmm. uh, they chase him throughout the train until eventually Nick escapes by falling out of the train <laughs> and into a river. Hmm. He is knocked out by a trank dart. For all intents and purposes, this cunt's drowning. Yeah. He doesn't drown. Somehow. And it is then revealed that the tape we saw him recording at the start was a basically a ransom tape for that he sent to David. And he he says he will turn himself in provided that David lets Alice go. Very dramatic your friend, isn't he? Yeah. That's what he says. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So it is so at this point the trade then goes down, Alice is thrown into a cab. And the G-Men converge on Nick, who is in his invisible man get-up with the bandages Every and shit. Every time I see a G-Men, I'm just thinking of the G-Men. You know, just, the, yeah, from, just yeah, like a yeah. flock of them. Yeah, <laughs> T-posing with their, <laughs> their little briefcases. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon. <laughs> Wake up and smell the ashes, Gordon. <laughs> You're the right man in the wrong place, Gordon. <laughs> so it is later revealed that... So Alice then wakes up in the cab and is like, where the hell are we going? And we hear Nick. And we think, oh, thank God they're safe and then we see Nick and we're like oh what the fuck because Nick is in full blown brown face in a turban I completely missed this what Nick is in full blown brown face makeup and a turban <laughs> in the taxi <laughs> I shit you not how how did you miss this when you were watching the movie it's right it's so obvious Oh my fuck! Because I don't see race spin. What the fuck? It's because I completely zoned out. Yeah, it's because you fucking fell asleep. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't fall asleep. Do you want to know what I was doing? I don't know if I don't want to know what you were doing. Oh no, I was on my phone playing BitLife. <laughs> Again, just shows how fucking boring this movie is. Yeah. But not yet. He's in full blown brown face. I'll show you after the recording. I'll put. In fact, you know what? Fuck it. I'll pull up the now. I won't even pause the recording. I'm gonna pull up the fucking image right now. Hold on a second. Is it, is it any worse than Fisher Stevens' brown face from Short Circuit? I haven't seen Short Circuit, so I don't know. I no, I do not know who that is. Right. So, have you seen Hackers? Not for a long time. Right. He's, he's the bad guy in the hacker. He's the bad guy in Hackers. You know, the guy with the skateboard and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Him. In the movie Short Circuit, in both the movie, in both the Short Circuit movies, he's the guy that built the robot, right? And uh, the character is supposed to be this Indian scientist, so they cast this white American man. So he puts on brown face and puts on an Indian accent. Oh, good lord, no! And even he, like years later down the line, he's been like, "Yeah, that was wrong. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have done that." <laughs> Fucking hell! Son of a bitch. But no, he has in full blown brown face with a turban. And like the fucking dress and everything, right? Well, I was like, deep in fully dressed up. Well, I was deep in bit life at this point. <laughs> yeah. So it's at this point we start getting a big old melodramatic ending, mm -hmm. where the narration kicks off and he's getting chased by Jenkins. Uh, by Jenkins. Yeah. Nick strips 
while running down the street, becoming a floating head. Because remember, makeup, brown face, they can still see his face. So he's a floating head. He's the Hindu head. David has done a... <laughs> I, I, I hate that that's funny. <laughs> so, continuing. So, David Jenkins has now done a full heel turn. So he's been told that the operation is I shut think down. he did a full heel turn when he went to Afghanistan, to be honest. Don't you? Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> Iran, yeah. Was it Iran? Yeah, Iran, Iran yeah. Okay. In the context of the movie... He is now a full-blown fucking cunt because he's now intends to sell Nick to the highest bidder. Mm. Uh, Morrissey, his partner, crashes the car and knocks himself out somehow, uh, leading to David having to chase Nick on foot. Nick runs through a construction site past a street cleaner that is spraying the street with water. Thank fuck he does that because it means you can wash off the brown face. <laughs> so the film is no longer racist. Get out of here, you racist. Yeah, thank fuck. And enters a cel- service elevator followed closely by David. I want to know if the brown face was in the book. Or if it was just... If that was Chase. added by Chevy Chase, uh, just being a, a racist cunt. Or who actually wrote the script for this? Uh, hang on. <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> it's going to be hilarious if it's just John Carpenter. Oh my god. Who wrote the script, you dick? Oh no, you didn't write it. Okay. Who wrote it? Three people wrote it. Oh, <laughs> Robin oh. Collector, Dana Olson, and William Goldman. I don't know any of those names. But I don't know who. Um, I think Goldman's like an actual. Yeah, Goldman. Goldman um, has at least two Oscars. He wow. Wrote, he wrote Butch Cassidy, The Sundance Kids, and All the President's Men. Holy shit! How the fuck did he end up doing this? I don't know. <laughs> Fall from grace. So yeah. there was one. The film was shit, but I bet the house that it bought, Mr. Goldman, is fantastic. Uh, so <laughs> Michael Caine in that shit. Yeah, yeah. I've not seen Jaws. I've not seen Jaws four, but I've seen the house that bought my mother. No, I've seen Jaws four. By all accounts, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. That is. No, oh, I know. I have seen it. That was, that was what Michael Caine said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he fought, So he gets into a service elevator, and they end up having this face-off in the roof, right? I did see this but I was expecting more of a fight. Like, he had fell into at this point David has fell into like dust as well, so his jacket's like kinda mm-hmm. showing a little bit. And Nick straight up kills David. Yeah, he just lunges towards him. Yeah, but David lunges towards Nick. And David matadors him because he's basically holding the dusty coat off to his side. Nick matadors him. Nick matadors David, yeah. yeah. And he has the most confusing exit kill line ever he goes over and just goes ole you son of a bitch while he's falling (laughs) (laughs) which is just (laughs) (laughs) fuck this movie yeah what the fuck (laughs) the government then switches focus to covering up everything that happened they assume that Nick is dead alongside David alright boys you remember what we did with MKUltra we'll do it again more or less uh, and Nick sneaks up on Alice to be like trying to drop your contact yeah he's like, oh my god you're free. Oh, shut the fuck up don't shut the fuck up they're still here <laughs> he's right fucking there they have guns you daft bastard <laughs> and then she walks off just being like, yeah, like while hugging him so like all outsiders must think she's fucking cracked 
Yeah. But anyway, the end credits play over footage of Nick skiing. Oh, I just turned this off. And we then the credits see... came up, I didn't watch the... Oh, you missed out on a belter. And a pregnant Alice getting him a mug of what I assume is coffee. Okay. Are those kids going to be invisible? <laughs> if they are, that birth is going to be traumatising for whatever doctor gives birth to those. What's a more traumatising one? Uh, Secondly, if the kids aren't invisible, they're going to be institutionalised by the time they're nine. They're going to think their mum's crazy. They're going to think their mum's mental. And like the, either the mother's going to be institutionalised for saying that they have an invisible father. Right? <laughs> Or the kids are just going to be fucked up and grow up and because assuming that Chevy Chase will speak to and talk to his children right or he might be dead soon we don't know if that was yeah we don't know if that whole thing is like a side effect of that well she is heavily pregnant at the time that we see her so we're assuming that we're talking at least like like six or seven months later because she is showing quite a bit Maybe this is going to be like Spider-Man Rain where it's fucking uh, <laughs> radioactive spunk yeah Oh no, why did you need to remind me about fucking Spider-Man Rain? Is this Spunk invisible? <laughs> uh, I suppose it would be because his blood's invisible. Yeah. Everything <laughs> else is, so yeah. <laughs> oh man, this movie. Yeah. Mm. It, it raises so many questions and baby, answers so little. Is the baby going to come out like flashing like a strobe-like effect? <laughs> Gives the doctor a seizure. Yeah. <laughs> Are they going to be twins? One's invisible, one's not. <laughs> Are they going to be like Roddy Piper and half blackface? Oh God. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing that happened. <laughs> uh, fuck this movie, man. Yeah, it's... Don't watch it. No. It's, it, it, this is the... This is the least enjoyable movie. Yeah, so far this has been so far. the worst thing we have watched for this show. Um, for this show, I will say. I have seen worse movies. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. this is definitely a low point and, you know, in Carpenter's career. It's kind of a running... Uh, if you ask any Carpenter fan, they will say that his 90s output isn't... Bar a few, bar a couple of exceptions, isn't that great. Um... Yeah, yeah, it's a known, it's a known thing that Carpenter struggled in the nineties. Uh, but I, I just want to tell you how bad this movie bombed, right? Okay. So, so this, I want to say you discovered this earlier. I deliberately told you not to tell me mm-hmm. until we recorded. So, go on. What was the budget for this movie? So this budget, so this movie had a budget of between thirty to forty million dollars. Fuck. Okay. It's box office. Fourteen point four. It did bad. Million. Mm-hmm. Out of 30. Mm-hmm. 30 to 40. It lost money. It, it lost it about 20. It lost half of its money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a pretty cool poster, though. Look at that. Oh, yeah, no, the poster's cool. Look at that shit. But, like, it lost half of its budget at the box office, my guy. Yeah. Holy fuck. <laughs> Somebody for the. I'm just reading some reviews for this. Uh, reviewing the movie for the Washington Post uh-huh. 
Dessen Howe mused, Memoirs of Invisible Man isn't a movie, it's an identity crisis. <laughs> the previews would have you believe it's a zany comedy, but the jokes are too far and few between. And if it's a comedy, why is John Carpenter directing it? The man who did Halloween. If Memoirs wants to get serious, why is Chevy Chase in the lead? This is the man who starred in National Lampoon's European Vacation. <laughs> I mean, that pretty much sums up everything I could really say about this movie. That is a very good review. Yeah. And in 2023, John Carpenter spoke about it. Oh God, what did he say? He said, it gave me a chance to make a quasi-serious movie, but Chevy Chase, Sam Neill, who I love and had a long-time friendship with, and Warner Brothers, I worked for them, and it was pleasant. No, it wasn't pleasant at all. I'm lying to you. It was a horror show. I really wanted to quit the business after that movie. God, I don't want to talk about why, but let's just say there were personalities on that film. Mm -hmm. He shall not be named who needs to be killed. No, 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 that's terrible. He needs to be set on fire. No, <laughs> no. Anyway, it's all fine. I survived it. That, that's a full quote. Holy shit. He needs to be set on fire. <laughs> Someone. Mm-hmm. At Warner Brothers. I think it was Chevy. <laughs> or Cornelius. Nah, because like... That quote's from 2023, so if it was Chevy Chase, he would name him because he's known to be a cunt. Yeah, but John Carpenter, I think, is just too professional to do that. I don't know, man. And, yeah, I, I don't think you... I also don't, I also don't think uh, um, John Carpenter... I mean, I don't think he would say anything anyway. He always seemed like a sort of chill guy. He doesn't want to get into too much shit. Yeah, that's like, fair, yeah. But, you know... But, yeah, fuck this movie. Uh, it's... I, I cannot I cannot overstate how much of a fucking waste of time this film is I hate it like, actually no I wouldn't hate it I, I don't, don't hate I, this movie no, I don't I, I think I even said to you I don't hate this movie it's just kind of it's boring it's, the, it's, it's just utterly fucking boring yeah like so much happens in it but at the same time fuck all happens yeah it's Oh, it's yeah, it is as as uh, our our good friend for the Washington Post pointed out. It is an identity crisis. It is not a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this movie sucks. But anyway, so uh, at least it's over. Um, we don't need to watch it ever again. Thank fuck for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's. Oh, what's next? Well, next week uh, we will have. We're going back into the realm of uh, TV movies. Oh fuck! It's an anthology. Oh fuck! Uh, where John Carpenter teamed with Toby Hooper. Okay. Uh, Wait. Nineties Toby Hooper. Ah oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, but this has a better reputation. It's got. This is a cult classic. I'd say a cult classic. It's a cult movie. People like this movie. Um, okay. Called Body Bags. I am skeptical. Right. I I I I know one person that's seen this movie who doesn't really like horror movies, and they said this movie was fun. Okay, okay, okay. Well, we'll, we'll give it its we'll give it its fair shake as we and always do. Whenever I hear people recommending like movies like Creepshow, this movie's always mentioned in the same. Oh, okay, I fucking I really like I fuck with Creepshow. Um, okay, this, this body bags is usually mentioned in the same sentence. They're like, oh, I give Creepshow a go. You know, it has Mark Hamill in it. Uh, it's got uh, okay. it's an anthology movie it's got a bunch of people in it but Mark Hamill's in it I know that um, well you know how to get me on board don't you and John Carpenter's actually in it as well he's oh like, for real 
Yeah, so like he's the um, not to give too much away, but he's like the uh, he's the wraparound guy. Oh, cool. He's a, he's a he's a he's a coroner. Nice. Yeah. So he plays like the the Mister Sims kind of role. He's like the crypt keeper. The crypt keeper. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. So uh, join us next week for hopefully a better movie. Yeah. Well, I can. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Oh, and it was and, and body bags was made for uh, the American TV channel Showtime. Their stuff's usually good. They, yeah, they Showtime's were, actually quite decent in yeah, terms of TV movies. Yeah, they're the ones that gave us uh, uh, Californication, mm-hmm. season, season three of Twin Peaks. Uh, the only other show I really know that they did was The L Word. Um, <laughs> and it was pretty fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, The L Word's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Body Bags, join us next week. Hopefully it's a better movie, and hopefully we, we'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thanks again, everybody, for watching, and and listening and all the rest of it watch the sound waves yeah Uh, I fucked that up I'm probably going to cut that (laughs) fuck it bye see ya (laughs) fuck this movie